0: From high atop our luxury studios in the San Francisco Bay Area, you're listening to Tech Move. This is episode 29. In today's All Keith podcast, we return to a segment we haven't had in a while called Keith's Gearbox, as well as another popular topic, Keith's Buyer's Remorse. We'll introduce you to a brand new feature we like to call Keith's New Stuff. He hasn't actually used, as well as talking about what to expect at the 2016 NAB show, even though it's probably already happened as you hear this now. Well, I'm Rod Louie, joined by my partner, Keith Moreau. Get ready. Time to fly with another timely episode of Tech Move. Let's go. Welcome to one and all to yet another episode of Tech Move. It is episode twenty nine. I am Rod Louie, and I'd like to welcome to our little happy show the great Keith Moreau. Keith, how's it going there? It's going good, Rod. Thanks for asking. Great, great, great. Well, uh, welcome again to uh, to doing another fine recording here with me. Uh, what I'd like to do though to start out this new episode, is uh, possibly get uh, our listenership to maybe write into us, you know, Facebook a comment to us or, you know, tweet us or something like that about a new possible segment that I'd <laughs> like to introduce right now, okay? It's not an official segment. This is not one of the great tech move coma sequences. This is not one of the... Uh, Keith disaster sequences, although funny enough, very similar. And what I'd like to affectionately call this particular sequence is uh, what would I write down here? Keith's buyer's remorse is the new segment I would like to introduce to you right now. Ladies and gentlemen, Keith's buyer's remorse is a brand new segment. I'd like to see folks if you guys like it or not. Well, we're going to talk about all the stuff that Keith ends up buying and I think eventually returns on a great number of occasions. Um, I either return them or it, I,
1: I miss the return period and have to keep it.
0: Right. And, and, maybe and sell you, it And something. then you sell it at a loss of about 90%. <laughs> is that correct? Or I just figure out a way to deal
1: with it. Right. Not, not happy, but I'm dealing with it.
0: Right. So, uh, So we'd like to kind of... You know, get into this new segment, uh, you know, because I it, not only is it humorous to laugh at Keith's misfortunes, <laughs> but also to kind of let everyone else know out there that, yes, uh, we do end up uh, returning a lot of items ourselves, just like you guys do. And uh, we'd like to uh, share with you the reasons why uh, we've decided to return things. Uh, Me, you know, I'll eat a hamburger and want to return it because I didn't like it. You know, I'll eat it three quarters of the way through and return the the last quarter of it. Keith, on the other hand, has electronics, and we'd like to find out what the heck went wrong with it. Keith, I'm going to start off this little segment and uh, by asking you to give us one thing out now folks we we do have a little list of some of the things that Keith has returned here lately uh, keith why don 't you start off with something that you 'd like to share with the good folks uh, around the world about what you have returned uh, that 's at the forefront of your mind uh based on your list so I have this
1: list here, and some of the stuff I just want to talk about i didn 't actually return or some of the stuff I got. And I was really disappointed and thought about returning. And then some of it actually inter- returned. So I guess I'll talk about the stuff I actually returned first. That would be good. So last a couple episodes ago, we talked about all these things I got uh, during Black Friday or for Black Friday. They were deals or whatever, you know, that happens every time. At that point of year. there's a lot of sales. So it's a good time to buy stuff, actually. Yes, it is. Um, so one of the things I, we talked about was the Varavon cage. For the A seven two series cameras, and um, so I'm, we talked about that a bit, actually quite a bit. I remember
0: I, you being quite hot on it.
1: I, I I was pretty hot on it, but then I then I started actually using it, <laughs> and, <laughs> and 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 I said, you know, this is like three hundred something bucks. Do I really need this thing? That all I'm really using it for is to put a uh, some hot shoes on my on my uh, A S S two at the time, and I said, you know, it's not, I kind of need a half cage. I don't really need a full cage. And you know, the difference between a, a half cage and a full cage is the half cage usually goes on the left side of your camera and it just has some, some like quarter twenties and things to bolt stuff to it and it, and it, and then the right side is open. So you can still use the grip and you're not really restricted on the right side of the camera. You can nope. just kind of hold, hold it.
0: Now, Keith, let me interrupt real quick. Mm-hmm. Let, mm-hmm. Let's refresh the memories of some of our fine <laughs> folks. I think the Verivon cage, isn't it that one that's kind of like all, like it's either aluminum or it's or it's all metal looking? Mm-hmm. It's all very squared off, very industrial looking. Kind of looks like a Terminator uh, uh, type of thing. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's the Verivon Zeus. It's the yeah. Verivon Zeus. Right. Yeah. Uh, 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 a fine looking item, but the uh, the handle. I think is on uh is on the top of the cage, is that correct? It, it, you can yeah, you can
1: hold it with this removable handle. Ah, put, and put it, it you anywhere put, you want. You can put it where you want and the grip is on the right side and it's built in, it's kind of wooden. And and so it's got it's basically completely encloses the sure. A7. It looks really nice. Yeah, it lo- it's looks, it's
0: a nice looking unit, uh, uh kind of scary looking, not yeah. n- not very uh, uh stealth looking, but uh <laughs> uh but it looks like it, you could Drop the camera with it in this cage uh, off of a building, and it will survive fine. You could probably
1: do that, just like the Terminator. Yes, exactly. If you dropped yes, him. Yes, correct. But, but, um, but what I was finding was I was just, it was 300 bucks, and it wasn't quite as useful as I thought it would be. Um, a couple things were I didn't find the handle to be very convenient to use the way it was um attached. And I found the way of t- attaching the different things It had these kind of little clamps that, uh, kind of slide on to a little rail and then you, and then you tighten them and ra- kind of rat They're kind of ratchety type clamps. So you can kind of keep turning them and kind of loose, kind of pull out with a spring and then turn again in that same little arc of sure. swing. Sure. And, and I found those to be, I found that you had to really tighten them too much. Like you had to tighten them really tight. They weren't like a smooth tightening. They were kind of kind of uh, sticky and, oh. and they hurt my fingers when I, when I tried to t- tighten them well enough to really be tight. Um, just cause they're so teeny, um, uh, not very ergonomic. So that was, um, just a few things like that. And I just, you know, the 30 day period's kind of coming up. So should I keep this or not? And I had my last Verivon cage, which was also about 300 bucks that I never really used. It's still there. in you know, my cage you know, my drawer of cages. Right. And, <laughs> and I literally do have a drawer of cages. Like I have a GH4 cage. I have a GoPro cage. I have this a seven S one cage and I never use them.
0: Sure. <laughs> awesome. And I, say,
1: and I said, yeah, I don't think, I think I'm going to return this. So I did, I did. And I got something else instead, which I can just talk about just very briefly. Um, there's this company called small rig and they, I think they have another name called Cool Rig or something like that. But anyway, they're a Chinese company. They make pretty well-made um, parts, but kind of like a lot of little stuff. They're like they're like a step down from Verivon. They're not quite as, you know, pretty machines and stuff like that. But they're they're pretty high quality. It's they're they're not sloppy. They're just not quite as high end. But their stuff's really inexpensive. Like they sell these NATO rails, which is stuff I use all the time, and they're like you know one. Fifth the price of ZakuDo nail uh NATO rails, that's an example you know. Or they sell machined like Swiss like fifteen millimeter rods that have uh, like lots of holes drill, drilled in them, mm. so you can use use them as a rod. But then you can attach stuff to them. That those and those are really just amazingly inexpensive, but still well made. So what I wound up doing was buying a half cage from Small Rig, and it was only like it only amounted like a hundred to about a hundred dollars. And oh all it really yeah it's and it's just a, like three kind of simple parts it's just something that goes on the base that screws into the tripod mount of the base of the camera, like in this case the a seven r two or whatever and then it and then it it on the left side it has a hole that's a fifteen millimeter hole that goes up that that you can put a rod into that will go up the left side of the camera, and there's a bunch of and you can buy one of their rods that has a bunch of holes drilled into it to attach things to it. And at the top of that is a plate that goes over the top of your camera and you can optionally put it in the hot shoe if you need a little more stability or you can leave it out of the hot shoe for using that for mounting their smart shoe adapters for XLRs and things. So just that's all I needed. I just needed something to mount a couple hot shoe things on my camera like this XLR rig and maybe a, maybe a wireless uh, receiver. Um, you know maybe another little handle attachment to get more stability on the left side and that, and that was it just something really simple and light and not this huge expensive thing so and it's a that. half cage right it's yeah, a half it's called, cage yep it's called a half cage and you can get different lengths of the rods so you could even use it if you have the the A7R2 or whatever camera you're using it's really versatile you can use it on on not just the A7s you can use it on other DSLRs but um you can you can get the taller uh, rod, left rod, and then you can use the battery grip because the battery grip extends the height of the camera like an inch and a half. So then you could just make everything higher and bigger, uh, um, and still accommodate uh, battery grip if you just need you know a little more battery life, which is really useful with an A seven series.
0: And you say it's a hundred bucks.
1: It's a, it was like a hundred ish, maybe like one hundred twenty for everything. But it's it pretty good. Yeah, well,
0: a bit better than the three hundred.
1: Yeah, better than 300 plus for the other um, Zeus and just actually pretty versatile because you can just, it's kind of like a Lego set. You can do other things with it if you need to.
0: (laughs) Sure. Yeah. And add on, subtract whatever your need is and stuff like that. Yeah. And
1: I actually used that um, pretty recently. The thing too is it's really collapsible because you can unscrew the, you can take those three things and just make them like a flat thing that takes no room at all. Mm. And when you're packing Mm -hmm. and that's kind of cool too. So I actually used it recently on a shoot in New York. I had a I, – I, I brought my A7R2. I didn't bring a real camcorder that had an XLR pack and all that. I just brought the A7R2 along with the um, XLR um, adapter it has. Mm-hmm. And, and then I used it on this small rig cage, and it was like a camcorder. You know, it had all the – everything I needed, it was stationary setup, lots of stuff built out on it, hot shoes and lights and other things attached to it.
0: It was pretty cool. Huh. That sounds great, And, and it worked well, huh?
1: It worked really well, and I didn't really use it for mobile use yet, but I think it it would probably work fine for that as well.
0: Very good. Yeah. Very good. All right. Yeah, yeah. Well well that that's a good thing from uh from returning the Verivon thing. <laughs> yeah,
1: because I could get two of these, right? Right. <laughs> two or three of them for the and, Verivon. And
0: end up returning one of those two of three. Uh, yeah. because you just don't need so many. Right.
1: Uh unfortunately Verivon's never gonna sponsor us again, so Right, exactly. Yeah. That, oh that, well. Well,
0: that they'll have uh They'll come up with something new, I'm sure. They'll come up with something new. Uh, let's, uh, what, what, what else? What else do you, uh, did you find that you needed to, uh, that you had buyer's remorse on?
1: Well, I, remember I told you I would gotten the, Se- the Seiko, um, or Seiki, I think I, I, sorry, I spelled it wrong in our notes. Seiki, I think it's with an I. Okay. Um, uh, 4K monitor, and I got it like a. Yes. Black Friday thing for like two hundred something bucks and I was I couldn't believe it and I was just so proud of myself for getting this you, great you deal.
0: you couldn't have been <laughs> grinning more from ear to ear. Yeah, and I was like, Yes, this is so You about the man and all this kind of stuff. You really yeah. stuck it to the man that day.
1: Yeah, but then I realized that I was gonna have to reconfigure my whole office <laughs> my whole office <laughs> to accommodate this this monstrous monitor <laughs> that was like you know, 50 pounds, and it was just, it was going to block my window, and I would, I would like be living in a cave from now on. And
0: <laughs> how,
1: because how, w- w- what size do you, you got like a 32, right? No, it was, it, I think the minimum was 39 or 40, and it's got a fairly big bezel, so it's pretty big and massive. Okay. I and mean, it was like, it was, it was big. Right. And I just, I, it just was kind of this albatross in my office. <laughs> And I and I would have to have gotten, like, a huge stand to put it on my desk and something that had, like, pneumatic lift to it <laughs> and cost, like, $200 more. And,
0: you would and have so, had to call in a contractor to have him find the studs in your wall to <laughs> mount it to.
1: Yeah, all, all this kind of stuff. And I just said, you know, hmm, the 30-day return <laughs> period's coming up. <laughs> Do I really want this albatross? And so I decided to return it. But instead... Okay, so I return that, and actually, that's really cool. And I have this really great service that anybody that returns stuff should get. It's called ReturnSaver.com.
0: ReturnSaver.com, folks. Yeah, it's
1: kind of a secret, so don't tell anybody. But, right. But what you do is you pay $50 a year, and they will pay for all your returns for the year. So if you don't have like a free return service like Amazon, or, 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 or maybe it's not something that Amazon will return for free because they don't do free returns on everything they just right. do it on stuff that's defective or clothing and stuff sure um or if you buy from B and H, they don't pay for your sh- return shipping anything like that and it's big and heavy and it would cost a lot you can just go through this return saver and it's free they they, they you print out a, a fedex label and you just ship it through fedex and it's free hmm. so i've probably i don't think return saver is making money on me I think Return well, Saver has probably lost, like, thousands of dollars on me.
0: That's why they'll be very interested to hear our new segment <laughs> called Keith's Buyer's Remorse. So the, we'll, we'll be sending them an advanced copy of this uh, tape.
1: Returnsaver.com? Just kidding. Listen to this. <laughs> I don't return anything. Right. Anyway, so I returned this gigantic, you know, 50-pound box and uh, did it for free. <coughs> I, returned it, I think I got it at... Um, Newegg, and so their their return policy is really good, actually. So they're a really good company to buy from too. Um, anyway, so instead, I got I did get another 4K monitor though. All right, I got another 4K monitor. I got the Dell 4K 27 inch.
0: Oh, a 27 inch, so much more a uh, uh, a lot easier to to it, to kind of uh, find space for that. Virtually no. Change in my
1: ergonomics at all. What I did was I got rid of my my twenty-four uh, inch monitor, mm-hmm. which was kind of getting old and kind of dim. It was an Asus. It was a kind of a semi-reference monitor. Okay. But it, it wasn't that great. It was it was like a five hundred dollar monitor at the time. This was probably six years ago. Right. So I got this one. It fits. Oh, it's a little bit wider. It's about the same height. It's a little bit wider because um, it's a sixteen by nine ratio, and the other one was like four by three ratio or something. But anyway. <laughs> It's 4K or it's UHD. It's really, really nice. And it's a backlit LED monitor, so it's really sharp and bright and colors are good. It's it's probably about the same quality of reference quality as the, the one I got rid of, but it's so much sharper and brighter. And if I want to, I can use it as 4K monitor too.
0: So you can definitely tell the difference in the technologies is much better and stuff. Oh,
1: yeah. It's just like I feel like, like I have a new glasses on or something. <laughs> <laughs> when I wear, and when, how much did want.
0: this little guy cost you?
1: Surprisingly, it was like five hundred bucks.
0: And uh, isn't that
1: amazing for a four K monitor?
0: Yeah, I mean that, that 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 sounds. And how big is it? Twenty seven. Yeah, it's twenty seven diagonal. Uh, that 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 sounds pretty darn good, actually. Yeah,
1: yeah, and it's really bright, clear, and the thing is that the uh, the Mac OS scaling works really, really well on it. It's it's so normally if you have it in the four K mode, the, the text and everything's really teeny, right. You know everything's reduced because it's more, pex- more pixels. But at least Mac OS, maybe maybe Windows does this. But at least Mac OS has a way of scaling, so it, the text and everything is bigger, and it's got so much resolution that you can't tell that it's really kind of upscaling things. So I have it in the the twenty-four or twenty-five-sixty mode, or whatever that resolution is. Actually, I can just check it right now. Let's see what that is. I'm going ch- to open my displays control panel.
0: I I think what is interesting, uh, you know, even though you got this thing for 500 bucks, I mean, I I would say that probably a similar thing would be the Apple display, right? Which is a 27, isn't it 27 inch? It's 27 inch, but the Apple display is not 4K. And it's a thousand bucks. Is that not correct? At least a thousand. Yeah. Yeah. At least a thousand bucks.
1: Yeah. And it's actually, I think the Dell in a way has better qualities to it. The, the Apple display is really shiny. Hmm. And I find, at least for this kind of work, I don't like it to be too shiny. I like to be like a little bit of matte, a little bit of anti-reflective right. stuff on it. And it seems like both the, the LG that I talked about before, which it did it did not return. I like that one. And this one um, has a kind of semi-matte on it, which I really like. Um, yeah, so I have it. I could, I could set it to the UHD mode, which would be 38. Um, it's 38-something by... Um, by uh, 1920, I think. Um, but I actually have it scaled most of the time to 2560 by 1440. Okay. So, um, and that and the text on it looks exactly the same size as the text on my LG. Oh, wow. Uh, at its native resolution. So it's really, it, I found it's really useful. I'm happy with it. Right.
0: Well, yeah. that's great. Yeah. That's so, really, really good.
1: Yeah, so from the ashes of, of buyer's remorse comes... Something even better. Well, I
0: think that that's that, 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 that's usually probably going to be the uh, uh, w- what happens with you, because <laughs> uh, I don't. I, I would be shocked if there were a time where Keith's buyer's remorse would be a return to not get something else, <laughs> <laughs> just to get rid of it. And, right, just to get. Uh, beat, you know, I really big... <laughs> don't need this. I don't yeah. think that will ever come out of your mouth. It'll no, be, because I, a I big... just need something different. Yeah.
1: Because then there'd be a, a big empty hole where that thing I returned <laughs> left,
0: <laughs> right. and that's yeah. that
1: would not be right.
0: Right, your, in, your inventory sheet in, of the warehouse <laughs> would would be missing a line, and, and we can't have that. So, no, 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 no. Oh, that's
1: great. Um, so let me see. So let me, I, I'm gonna okay. So another thing that I kind of have buyer's remorse on, but I'm not. You're not there yet. I'm not. I don't know. I, jury's out on it. But I'm okay. just gonna. It's the um, GTX nine eighty Ti, which was that really super fast card.
0: Oh, um, that it's that video card you were you were you were hot on, right?
1: Yeah, and it's like the best one you can get, um, for for like, a Mac. Yeah, it's the best one you can get.
0: And we're and folks, we're not talking about garbage cans, cylindrical Mac Mac Pro. We're not talking about that. We're talking about Keith's good old workhorse that he's got.
1: Yep, yep, my my 2010 totally souped up um uh Mac Pro which is running very well it was running all well before I got my my GTX 980ti um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so i think i told you before that i was when i got it i had to upgrade my system to to 10.10 um in order to even just use the the nvidia card the Correct. nvidia card yes. and i was kind of i said i was excited and i was afraid yes and i had a reason to be afraid <laughs> okay i was very i was very um astute to be scared right and and um (laughs) so what happened was soon after i installed all this stuff actually you know everything ran okay in 10 uh, 10 10. i wasn't that part wasn't too bad but but i started having these kernel panics when i was running premiere pro oh and they were coming i think they were coming from the nvidia drivers because every time i I get a kernel panic if you look at the stack tracing all those numbers and and weird you know messages that come up when the you get a crash and you may be never ever get a crash Rodney but I I get them a lot well, and
0: remember <laughs> when we first started the uh, uh the podcast that one piece of software software was giving me um uh, the ker- nothing kernel panic cr- crashes yeah. but yeah. uh and the thing is the nothing should ever give you a
1: kernel panic. I mean yeah. it's like that's that's the the weird thing. Right. Mac OS should not kernel panic. So usually when it's a kernel panic, it means it's a hardware issue. Okay. And it was a hardware issue. So but even before that I did some I did some testing. I did some encoding testing. So I, I said, you know, I, I so you did, I did your I own did,
0: benchmarking I, is what you're saying.
1: I did it for like five minutes, right. but but I just wanted to see, you know, you know, after I put this really fancy new card in and that was supposed to be like twice as fast as my old card. And so the GTX 770, which was my old card, I did this five-minute Adobe Media Encoder 3-up three, uh, three with three different um, images that were kind of put on the screen at one time, and there's some scaling and some color correction. So it was a little bit of work probably for the CUDA card stuff. And the GTX 770 took five minutes and 46 seconds, Okay. Just I'm to with give you. you an idea of this, just same sequence. And I put the same sequence. So what sequence was that, five, five what? Five minutes and 46 seconds. Five forty six. okay, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, and so then I tr- switched out the car, did all that stuff, uh, put it all back in, redid the drivers, you know, like several hours of work to do all this, upgraded my system, and then I put in the GTX 980 Ti, right. and I measured the same encoding sequence with sure. Adobe Media Encoder. And it was five minutes and 43 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, so five forty six uh to five <laughs> <laughs> I saved an
1: amazing three seconds off that end code.
0: That is tremendous. It
1: was tr- I was so impressed. Right. I felt so good about that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it was like a rounding error. The right. Acceleration. Huh. Anyway, I, maybe I chose the wrong sequence to to do to do this benchmarking. I probably should have been a little more
0: scientific. <laughs> I'm sure not. I'm sure. I, I, I'm sure that's pretty darn accurate. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm kind of thinking,
1: what? Why did I get this? All right. I'm getting all these crashes now. I can't even use my computer, huh. and it's
0: only three seconds faster. <laughs> hmm. So, uh, and so, is the card still in in the machine right
1: now? The card is still in my machine, and and it seems like I've I've tamed it to the point where I can use it, and I think it's just Premiere Pro and the NVIDIA driver together with this card produce kernel panics. That's my only after doing tons of testing and wasting tons of time, like removing all kinds of things from my Mac and all kinds of software and taking all the kernel extensions out that I could and taking cards out that weren't necessary out of my Mac and all this stuff. Uh, I think I've come to the conclusion that it's just Premiere Pro is just triggering something, seek some kind of like avalanche of events in my computer and the card that's causing it to kernel panic. And if I avoid doing those things with Premiere Pro, then it doesn't most of the time. Huh. It's kind of sad. <laughs> it, 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 is that a realistic way for you to work Um, I have to just you know see what's going on. it was happening when I was doing really really long sequences that had 4k in them like sequences that were hours long you know really long recordings and it would it would kernel panic sometimes right away sometimes after a while so I thought maybe it was a heat issue so I pumped up the fans with some special programs to do that um, didn't really make a difference. Uh, but one thing that I did that did make a difference was that Premiere Pro has this uh, really fun error called unknown error. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> those, <laughs> those are always excellent.
1: Yeah, and it just happens a lot in yeah. Premiere Pro. And there's a huge thread on it that like 300 people have contributed and saying, "I'm getting it too. <laughs> what is this? At least you could tell us what it is." <laughs> and and the and the Adobe people are going, "Well, you could try this and then try this and then try." One of the things they suggest is. Forget about trying to use the sequence, that's the, the project that's giving you that unknown error. Just kind of put that to the side, do your work on it, but don't encode. Just, just leave it. Oh, do not S- encode. Yeah, just save it and then open a brand new sequence and import, uh, open a brand new project and import that particular sequence that you want to work with. And it'll import all the stuff as necessary, all the media and mm. everything else, and make a new... Project with that stuff. And it's in, in doing, and I found I was, I think I was just hitting my head against the wall. Like, I refused to do this procedure because yeah. I thought, like, why should I have to do that? Right. Premiere Pro should be better written than this. Right. You know, yeah. I, I shouldn't have to do this, but I finally just gave up and said, okay, I'm going to try this. Maybe it'll work. So I did that. I have the sequence it's really complicated, has lots of stuff in it, and I get it to work, get it the way I want, but I don't encode it. I save it, close that project. Brand new project. Import just that sequence that I was working on that that I need to work, and then it works perfectly. Oh, it does. Yeah, no kernel panics, no. You know, it just it just works the way it should. Wow. So yeah. So I think I'm just if I ever encounter that type of thing again, I'm just going to do that procedure. And it's kind of annoying because it's an extra step. Right. But it but it's not that much extra time to do that. So And
0: and you could live with that.
1: I could live with that. I just need to work. I can't just be, you know. Yeah. Just like 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 I, feel, I felt like I was uh, breathed on on my computer. It would crash. You know, it's just a very bad feeling.
0: <laughs> oh, that's great. That's yeah.
1: A- <laughs> Computers.
0: <sighs> uh, uh, that's wonderful. Well, good. Good. Yeah. Good. So I haven't.
1: I can't. I don't think I can return the GTX 980 yet.
0: Yeah, because you've had it for a while, I think.
1: Yeah, I've had it for months, and I, I guess the only thing I could do is just. You know, like sell it and then get another brand because they they come out. They have all these different brands, they're not they're not really NVIDIA. Okay. They're they're licensed. It's kind of weird, but NVIDIA doesn't really make that many cards anymore. Okay. They just license the design, and then some other company like PNY or or uh, ASUS or or other companies actually then manufacture the cards. So it's kind of weird. It's like they're NVIDIA and they have drivers and everything. They're supposed to be exactly right, but maybe they're maybe the different manufacturers have slightly different standards or something. Yeah. So I was thinking if I did that I would just, you know, take a loss on it, just get a different brand of card and and sell this card. Right. But yeah. we'll see what happens. <laughs> so that was a little buyer's remorse.
0: Oh, well congratulations on that. Yeah.
1: I think it's a little faster. Yeah. I'm not wowed by the the speed of it either.
0: But so uh, well. Yeah. Well, that's that, that's quite an endorsement for uh, for changing video yeah. cards. At, at, yeah. at, at, I guess at least you tried it and uh, um, hasn't totally taken down the whole thing just yet. But no, it just didn't crash during this podcast. Right, that's a good thing. <laughs> that, that, that's a good yeah. thing. That's a good Ke- thing.
1: Keith oh, Morrow dude. of TechMove endorses the NVIDIA GTX 980 Ti. Yeah, I think it's a little faster. <laughs> <laughs> Can't really tell. I think it is.
0: Point three seconds (laughs) faster. Is that right? Something like that, isn't it? Three. Well, it's three seconds. seconds? It's
1: it's three seconds faster, but that's out of what? Three hundred seconds or three hundred fifty seconds? So it's it's basically one percent faster. (laughs) 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 GTX nine eighty Ti one percent faster than your three year old card.
0: Terrific. That's true. But I need
1: that extra 1%. That that makes all the difference. That's
0: great. <laughs> that's really great. <laughs> uh,
1: okay. So here's a, Okay, so now we're on a roll. Right. Here's another story, uh Buyer's Remorse. Okay. So I la- I think last episode, last real episode I had just opened up my new Sony 4K FS5 groundbreaking camera that had the performance of the FS7 in a teeny little package.
0: Yes, I remember <laughs> that. I mean, uh, first on the block. Uh, uh <sighs> so uh, proud of myself for right. getting
1: one of the first FS5s. Ex-
0: exactly. You couldn't believe it. You uh, you, you know, you, you you were uh shoving it in the faces of all the little kids around in the neighborhood. I was. I was just f- just flaunting this thing.
1: <laughs> to you know I was I got my FS five, you don't right.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but I soon found that being an early adopter is not always the best <laughs> best thing to be.
0: So kind of um, like when uh, Mac uh OS X uh, uh updates come out or iOS <laughs> updates come out. You don't want to be really that first one to do that? N-
1: no. You never <laughs> wanna you never want to be the first. Right. You never want to be like the first one that tries to go to the moon, or the first one that tries to go to Antarctica. <laughs> right,
0: exactly.
1: <laughs> second or th- or the Everest, you know, right. second or third maybe. Yeah. But um, same, same, same here with the FS Five. So, first thing that was really awful was that I f- I was trying to do some monitoring and and record four K at the same time. So you know, just set up a monitor, you know, so I can like see it bigger when I am recording. Sure. And record four K internally on it. And it would not put anything out to the monitor. I'd hit. I'd as soon as I hit record, the monitor would go dead. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, and really? The, you press
0: record, and the yeah. monitor would 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 not come on.
1: Right. You it would it would the, I could I was able to monitor it up until the point where I press record on the camera.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> so once once you started shooting, it, it it like disables it or something.
1: Yeah, it disables the monitor. Nice. So that was pretty darn annoying, and I and then apparently it was a real issue; it wasn't just mine. And so at that very early first stage, the firmware was 1.0. Um, it turned out it was a known issue that they just shipped with, um, uh. and they soon and actually to their credit, about a month later. So I got it like late November, and I think a month later they came out with an update that kind of fixed it.
0: Uh-huh.
1: So it it um what it did what it does now it still can't. Okay, it, it's kind of weird, but the FS5, I guess, is just kind of like has you know little squirrels running in there instead of little you know CPUs. But it's but apparently it's so wimpy the processing stuff that it can't do more than two things at once. <laughs> so no matter what you do, you you just can't you can either display it on the LCD right. that's on that's on the camera, or you can display it on the monitor when you hit record. One or the other. One or the other. When, once you hit record, right. It's got, it's like, it's, it's little processing goes, it just can't do it. So it has to say, I'm going to, I'm going to let you do the external monitor or I'm going to let you record, uh, or I'm going to let you show it to the, uh, display to the internal monitor. So if you have an external monitor, your internal monitor has to be basically black. So that's kind of annoying because sometimes you want to look at your little screen, not the big screen. Sure. So that's kind of annoying. Um, the thing that's, I guess, kind of a saving grace is that the little blank, blank screen that's on your camera still can have info on it. So you could at least look at it for that. So you might want to just send a clear, uh, a clear image, uh, to your monitor that just doesn't have any markings or indicators on it. You know, it just has, and then you could, you could still see the info on the little screen Right. when you're, when you're recording. It's still annoying though. I, I'd rather it not be that way, but I think it might just be the way it is.
0: Did you return it?
1: I considered returning well, there was one other thing that was really even worse.
0: Oh, okay,
1: so this is kind of an interesting story. So I was kind of noticing that I was getting not getting as what I thought was as clear an image as I would like, especially in lower light. Mm-hmm. like I thought you know it's a big sensor camera i've I've had a few other sony big sensor cameras and and I felt like the image quality was kind of sucked in low light. Mm-hmm. oh really, there was some yeah like there was some great, right. It's supposed to be just as good as the others. I would assume that it's newer technology is supposed to be even better, right? Correct. Um, newer sensors and stuff. So I wasn't really sure what was going on there, and um, so I, I just thought maybe it's my imagination. Maybe I need to really test things with different settings. But then other people people started complaining about it, and they started complaining about weird artifacty smearing kind of stuff. And I was kind of noticing that it kind of had that kind of green, kind of grainy, noisy quality in low light that was different than. Like the A7S and other, other, even my FS700 in low light. Right. Um, so, and, but I just, I didn't I hadn't use it enough in an expert way to really nail it down. I just kind of had a feeling right. when I was looking at the images. Sure. So, um, but sure enough, some, some people that really do, did a lot of shooting with it, a little bit after I got mine, were complaining about it. And they said, no, there's something wrong with it. There's something wrong with it. There's some, there's, there's a bug in this camera. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of funny because um, a lot of the so-called experts, you know, they're experts; they're really super knowledgeable. were are saying, you guys just don't, 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 you know, don't your get your panties, your undies and uh, uh, a knot. You guys just need to use, learn to use your camera better. Right. You know, you, the, these cameras are not magic. You you can't just push the low light and expect something amazing to come out of it. There's right. like something's got to give. Sure. So but the guys are saying no it's it's not just that it's this and I know how to use my cameras and I'm I'm a, I'm a good cinematographer I'm not an idiot yeah. and they're just saying no you are an idiot you think that you know <laughs> so so there were several people that were doing that and there was this huge flame war throughout the internet about well, is the FS5 crap or not right. you know is it user error or is it crap so right. um so finally like, after about a month and a half of of people arguing about whether it was user error or not, Sony did come out and admitted that there was an issue. That the way okay. that they handled noise reduction was not correct. And that they had somehow made it a little bit different in the way they handled noise reduction to the way they should have handled it. And it resulted in weird artifacting in lower lower light, huh. higher gain scenarios. So, I guess... I and all those other people that thought something was off were right, which is kind of cool. That's good. <laughs> See? You let them know. <laughs> yeah, it's and I good. guess if people hadn't complained, maybe Sony wouldn't have investigated I don't know. Or maybe they would have quietly updated it and not be embarrassed by it. But uh, but to Sony's credit, they investigated it. They, they kind of fairly early on said, we're going to look into it. There is something weird going on. And then later, they just recently came out with an update that... Supposedly fixes it. It's supposedly better. Honestly, haven't tested too much since that update happened. But I'd um, be
0: interested to hear if uh, whether or not it did improve it or not. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, you you'd, you'd hope so.
1: Yeah. Hey, Rod, your 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 Skype feed is getting really bad. It is. Yeah, how's mine to you?
0: Uh. Your your sounds okay. Oh oh, you know what? I wonder if it's because I'm kind of using a lot of bandwidth right now. I'm downloading. It's
1: possible stuff. that if you're if you're downloading or uploading, it might be affecting. I'm. It may not ca- I, I don't care. But it's I, some of the things I'm actually having a hard
0: time hearing you. Okay. Let me let me put a stop to my massive activities. download of right of my, Bit, BitTorrent my, stuff. My BitTorrent stuff that. <laughs>
1: The latest episode La- le- of The Walking Dead.
0: Right. Let me let me put a pause to my Better Call Saul. Uh, episode. A Better Call Saul. Yeah, that's a good show. I love that show. It's great. I I, I love the Breaking Bad. That's why. So. Oh uh, yeah, that was that was uh, an amazing that was really show.
1: Really terrific show. Yeah. Groundbreaking.
0: Okay, so I should be good now. It's getting better. Is it getting better? As, yeah. As everything go- as my five thousand torrents are on pause now.
1: Uh, it's getting better. It's still not, it's still a little fuzzy, but I can hear you better.
0: It it should, it should, it should come on. Okay. Come on.
1: should be. Okay. Anyway. Um, okay. So getting back to the FS5. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I'm still a little disappointed in the, in the kind of the monitoring issue, but I guess I can live with it. I mean, I've done a couple of shoots with it and I still think it's a pretty darn amazing camcorder for what it is. Um,
0: And it's, uh, so when all conditions are are correct, it's pretty nice. I think so.
1: I think if you just don't try to do as much as you might want to do with an FS7, you just can't do it. It's just a smaller, wimpier camera. So,
0: you know what? I got a question for you. What's so great about the FS5? If it can't do the low light, why not just use a GH4? Well, it's... I think with this fix, it can
1: do the low light,
0: right? Oh, and of, then, of course. It, it, yeah. If if they do fix it, but if yeah. if it, they don't, is it you know is the GH4 going to be just as good? Um, I think. Well,
1: no, I think that I think there's a lot of advantages to the FS5. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it. No matter what you do with it, the image is still going to be better than the GH4. Okay. It's it, even even low light even the even the 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 crippled low light. Was still better than GH4 low light. Okay, it's still it's no gotcha. more sensitive. Gotcha. Um it's and it's got all those other features kind of built into it. I mean, it's it's a different beast. It's kind of apples and oranges. GH4 is tiny. Yes, it's really it's like an SLR. It's 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 got some similar things. You know, the long recording time and other other things like that. You know, the, neither of them have built-in stabilization. You have to have stabilized lenses. Right. Um, GH4, you need to have a weird add-on to get XLRs the the FS5 you don't FS5 has great built-in electronic ND which is really amazing Um, FS5 has the potential of being a really cool camera. this is the thing that I'm really waiting for is the raw output because once it gets the raw output it's going to be really cool because you can then you can get some really you know 10-bit or even higher output out of it in 4k you know recording to an external recorder and then it then because that may not actually use that much processing power, because what's happening with the 4K is that it's got to um, compress the 4K and then write it to the card, which takes, I think, a lot of processing power. Mm-hmm. Maybe when it's just spitting out RAW, which is just less pro- processed stuff out of the HDMI port, it might have more functionality even, which is kind of strange. But it actually might work better in RAW mode than, this, than is working now. Huh. So, um, but I'm really looking forward to that, um, when it, and hopefully it'll happen by NAB, maybe they'll have an update, I'm hoping. Right. We'll see. Yeah. So I, I, it's got, it's a pretty cool, unique little camcorder and it's definitely going to replace my EX1. You know, I'm going to be selling my EX1 like, like immediately. Okay. So, yeah. So yeah, I'm, 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 I'm kind of happy I got it. I used it for a long gig, um, a couple months ago, like. 24-7 Twenty four seven shooting and it was it was just rock solid, right? You know, it didn't fail me once. Just kept going and the images look pretty good in four K. Great, yeah, great, yeah. So
0: so uh, as as long as they come up with this, you know, if you will, patch for it. Yeah,
1: they actually did come out with a patch. I just haven't applied it yet and tested applied. it. Okay, but I, but I think it will. And then they come out with a raw update that's going to be even even if they charge like five hundred bucks, it's still going to make it a much more valuable camcorder. Cool.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Good.
1: So, okay. So, what else? Um, other things that I might. Oh, returns. I returned a bunch of lenses.
0: Oh, lenses, really?
1: Yeah, I t- returned a bunch of lenses that I had gotten over the kind of the holiday type time. Okay. Um, I think I talked about the uh, the Sigma um twenty four to thirty five zoom. Yes, you did. Yeah, the big the big heavy one. Right. I decided to return it. Why? too big and heavy too gigantic
0: was, was, was it really heavy
1: it was really it was really big long and heavy mm. it was beautiful uh, image quality was very good it, but it wasn't stabilized and um i just kind of felt like hmm well almost all these cameras that i'm using it on have the built kind of have a clear image zoom which is a remarkably almost like a real zoom mm. it's a digital zoom you know the a7r and a7r2 and the a7s2 have this thing called digital i mean uh clear image zoom and it actually does a in 4k it does a 1.5 zoom which is pretty significant
0: that's pretty good
1: yeah so um it's kind of like having a zoom lens even when you have a prime right so if i have a 24 i could have a 24 to 40 or something right and it's even better than this sigma so, you know, I have that. So I can just put my 24 Canon on there and it's, you know, really nice. It's smaller and I still have the same capability. So I got rid of that one, um, got rid of all the Zeiss glass I'd gotten. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm surprised by that. Yeah, it's just not very good. Really? Yeah. I'm unimpressed. Huh. Uh, unimpressed with the 24 to 70 they have. It's not that fast, it's not that clear. I wasn't, I didn't really like the look of the images that much, you know? it's just a kind of an overpriced piece of
0: glass. I think we talked about uh Zeiss in um one of our early episodes and uh yeah. you know I th- I think it's kind of a, in a way just a name nowadays.
1: Yeah, it, unless you get the higher end lenses and of course then it's really excellent but, but th- that's like
0: everything though too. Yeah.
1: Right? Yeah. So it's just a brand, it's just a a, a badge. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I'm I'm going to be very circumspect about those in the future. Okay. And then I guess I got rid of a couple of the other various Canon uh lenses that I you know was trying out like the 24 2.8. I just I decided to keep the 24 1.4 oh, okay. uh, Mark Mark 2. That's a really nice lens. That mm-hmm. that's like better than the better than the um the Rokinons, and it's also autofocus. So I kept that. Um yeah, so there were a lot of returns going on.
0: Yeah. I, I I would say that's that's quite a quite a nice number of, of, of things there. Yeah. Um yeah. It's it's funny how I read something in the news about some guy, I think he's in uh the UK who returned so much stuff to Amazon that he that his account was <laughs> uh was uh disabled and deleted by Amazon. <laughs> and I thought to myself, that could be Keith Moreau. Uh, and uh, But, you know, they printed the guy's name and it was not. So thank goodness that you have uh, uh, you have that uh, service. Why don't you give the, the name of that uh, return service again out to our fine listeners.
1: It is called ReturnSaver.com.
0: ReturnSaver.com. I think you pay a little bit of a yearly fee to, to have this done. And uh, according to Keith, it's, uh, it's very helpful if you do a lot of... Uh, returning and stuff like that. I, I, for one, don't do a whole lot of returning. I actually try to be careful in my purchases. (laughs) I know. You know, when you're
1: just, like, surfing the web late at night and you just can't keep your finger off the buy button.
0: Especially when you're, uh, right, when, when you're all drowsy and sleepy when you should be sleeping instead of purchasing thousands of dollars worth of equipment. Don't sleep purchase. <laughs> That'll be a new
1: psychological term. He was sleep purchasing. It's a whole new branch of
0: psychology. Uh, fantastic, fantastic. All right, well, uh, so folks, tell us what you think about our new segment, Keith's <laughs> Buyer's Remorse. And uh, you know, I, you, you know, you you guys knowing us here at Tech Move, uh, that could pre- we could pretty much rename the entire <laughs> podcast that. Uh, but anyway, tell us what you think. Uh, Find us on, uh, of course, our uh, website, techmovepodcast.com, and, of course, on our various other places like the Facebook, like the Twitter, like all that kind of good stuff. You'll find us somewhere. Anyway, uh, Keith, exciting news. Uh, Very, very good. Uh, We will get an uh, update on more of your returns, I'm sure, in uh, upcoming episodes. Uh, Very good. Uh, Let's do this. Uh, Let's take a little bit of a break. And we'll come back with more fun and festivities. What do you say to that? Excellent. Okay. Let's do it. All right. Uh, it's Rod and Keith, and we are Tech Move. We'll be right back. Cool. This is Tech Move along with Rod Louie and the great Keith Moreau. And uh, we want to again, you know, Keith, I, I, I think that the great thing about Tech Move is how we can just decide on introducing new segments pretty much every single episode that we have.
1: Yeah, Uh, it's a new segment, and then it never actually gets used again ever ever in history.
0: Exactly. Mm -hmm. And we're going to do that again right now with a brand new segment we like to call Keith's new stuff that he actually hasn't used yet and may actually get returned. So uh, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on this brand new segment that we'd like to uh, uh, do with you right now. We want to talk about a few things here that Keith has, Um, and I don't think... Keith, has it even made it off of your front porch yet? Or, uh, (laughs) I mean, is it even in uh, the house slash the warehouse yet? Uh, I'm not even sure about this. Um, I actually did take it in so that it wouldn't get stolen off of
1: my front uh, door foyer area. But other than that, well, honestly, I actually have taking them out of the box oh good i have to to confess i was i was trying to okay so when we talked last with our last segment we talked about maybe we could i could unbox these and turn these things on and try them on the air right and i'm just so uh busy with trying to prepare for the nab trip that i'm just i don't really have time to you know have my helicopter crashing into the you know my tv and break everything this is
0: very true so no that's very true
1: yeah so uh we could fake it but then you know that would that wouldn't be honest.
0: But no, Tech Move is nothing about uh, anything but the real, ladies and gentlemen. We're all about the real. So we're about, the, we're about being real. That's right. That's so. right. Okay. Well, uh, well then, how about this, Keith? Why don't you just read to us the uh, marketing pamphlets that they had sent you? <laughs> and we. <can laughs>
1: well, so some of the stuff. So I do know. So one of the things I do, and the reason I do buy this stuff for the most part is because I do research it a lot, and usually by the time I buy it there's a pretty good chance that I'm going to keep it right, as long as it lives up to its reputation and I'm not too disappointed. Now, this stuff I've, I think I've actually had for over a month, so I really can't return it, So, <laughs> I, I, unless there's something, you know, it's defective. Right. And then I'll probably have to send it back to the, the manufacturer and then it'll take like six months before I get it back fixed. So, yes. So I'm pretty much screwed. But right. <laughs> unless, unless I love it. And I'm sure I love these things, actually, because I've heard some great stuff about them. Sure. So so the first thing is a, is a pretty new thing. In fact, you know, just the first few demos and flights are out now. Um, It's called the DJI Phantom 4.
0: The latest uh, offering from uh, the fine folks over at DJI? Yeah, it just came out, and it was
1: just, it actually was, uh, DJI sent me an email saying, oh, we're coming out with this, and you could pre-order it. And I just, for some reason, my fingers could not move fast enough towards the buy button. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) <laughs> okay. And it was just weird. It was like some magnetic pull. You just
0: had to. You just yeah. had to do it.
1: Just had to do it. Okay. And and so there. And but there. You know. Sometimes there's things that really make a lot of sense to to buy. Like they're like no brainers. Mm-hmm. And it's really fun to to buy stuff like that. Like there's just no question. This is something that is going to really be good. Right. And I feel like this DJI four is one of those items uh, because it pretty much checks all the boxes that I was kind of afraid of before with with quadcopters. Mm-hmm. And um, but but and then also they also um offered and I think I got it the um crash proof insurance that they <laughs> offer.
0: Is that really something real? Is that It is
1: it is real. Basically really? if you crash it they'll reimburse you. Yeah. That's they excellent. Probably, yeah, they probably won't, you know, fight your lawsuits for you if you kill people with it, but or or hurt people with it, but if you if you crash your copter, I think they'll replace it. And it's uh-huh. not that expensive. It's like 150 buck or something. Uh, so think, a
0: day or uh, no, no. I
1: think for like you know for your like a couple of years. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, I don't know the full like more, I haven't studied it, but it was pretty. It was pretty good. It was pretty attractive. It's like wow, that's that's pretty cool. Okay. And and that's actually in so that's a way That's it. kind of worth it. It's kind of worth it because it's a testament to you know how much they trust this device to actually not crash. Right. And because I'm. I'm, you know, when I got my Phantom One, which, you know, honestly, to be honest, I've never
0: ever flown it. <laughs> I, I I I think you have stated that on a couple of occasions here on this yeah. very podcast. Do you want to borrow it? Because, um, you know, when you pick
1: up the Nebula, I could just. <laughs> I, I
0: I mean, you know, I I I wouldn't I I wouldn't mind. Uh uh, but then again, I I really well. Let me let me let me think on that. Let me think okay. on that. It, 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 that could be very very interesting. That could be very interesting. You could try it out and crash it for me. Yeah, and, and, me and have no myself. remorse about it whatsoever.
1: <laughs> which I, I guarantee
0: you, I would not have any remorse doing <laughs> that whatsoever.
1: So so Phantom One was an amazing revolutionary yes. thing. I mean, an actual useful uh, cl- camera platform. Correct. A- and and. But it had a lot of issues because it was like the first generation. Just like anything that's technically a revolution, they're not perfect. And it, you know, it wasn't, it, it, it would occasionally, you know, go haywire and crash itself for no reason. Right. You know, just because of whatever. Um, it wasn't always that stable. It didn't have a built-in gimbal. You had to add your own gimbals, and mm-hmm. then deal with all these third-party people to add them. Right. Um and actually, I think that even the version, there was another version that was like the version 1.1 that was better than the one I got. I got the very, very first one. Oh, really? So, yeah. So I think if I just waited like six months and got the 1.1, it would have been even better, but I didn't. Hmm. So, yeah. So I think, and then it had these batteries that you could get third party batteries and just kind of stuff them into this little like hole in the in the Phantom, you mm-hmm. know, with all these wires, mm-hmm. you know, connected. And it's just, it was just a little bit jury rigged in, in a lot of ways. So, the, for those reasons, um, and just the fact that, you know, it, it, there were a lot of instances of it running away, you know, just flying. You, you'd, you'd launch it and then it would just fly away. Right. And then never to be found. Like it's going to the home, home, mother, DJI mothership or right. something. It's not It's, <laughs> it's, being, re, it's
0: being recalled back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, we've taken our samples. Let's return home. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah. So for all those,
1: and, and the, so those are all these little nagging mm-hmm. things. Like if I yeah. fly it, I'll probably just destroy it the first time I fly it. Right. And it required a lot of manual intervention. Like you actually had to be a pretty good pilot to, to run it. Um, you had to practice. You couldn't just, you know, start it and it would go. Right. It wouldn't work indoors because it definitely required some GPS communication with the
0: satellites. Okay. So just all these things. <clears throat> and, um, so I'm telling you, you're one, really selling me on the uh, Phantom One. I'm really... Are, are uh, you getting as afraid as I was? Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, my gosh, you know, I don't want to have to get a degree to just fly this thing. You know, I just want to... And, and you know, in reality, I think in many ways, a lot of that stuff is like that, right? Where it just takes up a lot of your time to kind of learn how to use it, which which is great. But then, like, with each iteration and every new version, becomes a lot easier to use. And I think that's where you're at right now exactly
1: so the so you know fast forward about three years later because i think i got it like three years ago right. <clears throat> and it's kind of amazing they've come out with four versions in three years wow yeah, yeah. but yeah. but just fast forward three or maybe it was four i don't know but anyway still four versions in four years is pretty amazing yeah um and it's got all those check boxes checked off like it doesn't have this weird battery system. It's got these really sophisticated batteries that you just plug into the charger, and it's got a intelligent um, kind of like a like on an iPhone or any kind of battery. It's got a little LED that will show you how full it is mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and how much longer it needs to charge, and that's built into the batteries, and they're really easy to take out of the unit and put back in. You don't have to fiddle with things and get stuff things in to get the batteries to fit. Yeah. It just slides in, just like a some kind of professional... That's custom pretty, yeah that's pretty yeah, good yeah and it's form fitting to the to the device so it's actually part of the kind of exterior is is one side of the battery right um and the batteries have pretty good capacity supposedly the batteries last about 25 minutes 25 or 30 minutes each okay which is a lot more than what they used to be
0: what 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 is the one rated at like a minute no. <laughs> right uh just to warm up the engine and then you got to. <laughs> Then you gotta, like, yep. <laughs> kind of like the demo we did last year. Anyway, right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That poor guy. Uh, yeah. No, I think they're. I mean, I think they're right around twenty, like fifteen to twenty, if you get the high capacity ones. I bought a bunch of third party high capacity ones. Okay. Which have since all explo- you know, blown up and and you know exploded. Right. In a in a in a fiery death. No, <laughs> not really. Right. Um. But uh, but actually, that is something to to worry about. With uh, here's another worry, Rodney. Yeah. These the the lithium-ion air batteries do have a tendency to blow up and oh. explode and catch your house on fire. so that Just, just let you know, put it in a, a like a concrete garage or something when you charge it. That is really terrific. <laughs> that, uh, that. And put I have an ammo box for you to put it yeah. in. It's a steel ammo box in case <laughs> it does catch fire. Seriously.
0: I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> Where, where do I sign up? It's like the anti-salesman. <laughs> yeah, I I, like, mean, I don't even I, want this for free. I, I'm sure DJI is going to be calling us up right now and saying, you know, that Keith Moreau, he's re- he's really talking it up so great.
1: Oh, uh, we're definitely going to be sponsors of TechMove. That's really we're going, um.
0: not only going to be sponsors, but let's offer that kid a, a senior vice president role.
1: Um. So. Uh, Okay, so it's got the good, the good. I think are really great batteries. Mm. Um, it has a really great, supposedly interface between the. It's called Light Bridge, which I don't even know know why it's called Light Bridge. We could okay. look that up, but it's basically a great interface between the onboard camera that's on the Phantom and your iOS device. Oh, okay. So you can basically you can monitor it kind of in real time. I don't know how, how much latency it has. Right. That remains to be seen. But I've heard it's really good. Okay. So maybe it's you know maybe it's actually just. Very little say. right? Um, You know, it
0: that would be good actually. Yeah,
1: and it's and it uses your own you know iPad, which everybody has, or or uh, Android device. So you just download the app, and then it connects, and then you can also upload the software, new firmware, and do all that stuff. So all that's really easy. Now um, the controller is really cool. It's got not only does it have the traditional little um, thumb joysticks Mm -hmm. to to move it around. But it's also got a whole bunch of other buttons, including like you know the safety panic button. Like I don't know what I'm doing, you know. Oh, really? It. Yeah, hit oh. it and it'll just come home safely, and and safely just get back to you. Here, here's let me interrupt. <clears throat> when it mm-hmm. says
0: okay, it's going to come home safely back to you, uh-huh. you know, and all this kind of stuff. Can it land itself? Yes. Oh, that's very ooh. That's yeah, it just good.
1: it just kind of slowly descends and lands right in front of you.
0: That's pretty neat.
1: Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Whereas the other one would, you know, like, like the the one it the it one fl- would just it flies slice back at you and then decapitates yeah. Yeah. you. You have to duck. Yeah. I would exactly. I would suggest wearing like a full face. Uh, yeah, my, I
0: I I think uh, like a D'Artagnan's a uh, suit of armor would
1: be yeah. a wear suit. Well, at least wear a really tough Kevlar motorcycle suit <laughs> right. when you're running the <laughs> <That's> one. <it>. <laughs> <laughs> right. But uh, uh, so it's got those things, uh, and then of course as a kind of alluded to it's got the built-in camera Mm -hmm. so it's got the built-in 4k camera right which is i think pretty much the same camera that's on the the really high-end inspire oh so it's that high quality 4k camera it's probably not it's what i've heard it's maybe not quite as good as the as the gopro in some ways Mm -hmm. but in some ways it might be better too um and it's better in a way because the camera's integrated with the body it's not mm. just stuck onto the body. It's actually part of its design and aerodynamics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, supposedly, the, the Phantom Force camera is a little bit better in some ways. It has a little more higher technology, a little bit faster. It can do um, slow mo and HD quality, and it has 4K with up to 30 frames a second. Oh, really? Yeah. And yeah. it's got supposedly an imp- improved, less distortion lens than previous models. So um, it just has. All those things physically capable, and the thing that makes it, I think, really kind of a no-brainer is the fact that it has a lot of safety features in it. Right. Um, and programmable routes. So remember last year after Neb, we talked about the Solo. Yes. Three D R Solo. Yes. And we saw, and we thought it was the, the, the it wasn't necessarily the greatest quadcopter, but the thing that was groundbreaking was it had programmable routes. Right. Well, yes. Exactly. And I and I said, and the thing is, it's going to force GGI to do that. Mm-hmm. It's like that's the and it did, it did, yeah. GGI yeah. put that stuff into their software. Yeah. So now they can now now you can just draw a path on your iPad interface between one point and another. It'll go there. It'll also do like circle your. It'll circle your subject. Mm-hmm. It'll actually detect a subject, and it'll show you like with a little box around who you want to track. Mm-hmm. And then you say, okay, I want I want to track that person, and it will. Follow them; it'll circle them in the air like a big loop, or mm-hmm. however tight you want. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll stay in one point and just kind of rotate around. You know those great shots that you see. That oh you yeah, can, and and it'll even like if you're on a bike or some moving vehicle, it'll follow you. Oh, so it's got so it kind of
0: tracks you in some ways.
1: Yeah, it it tracks you visually. It actually has some software that has some way of identifying this unique object mm-hmm. in the field. Nice. Um, it also has radar on. Uh, three or four sides of it mm. so it can detect objects in a, in a room or something and avoid them and it, it has this kind of crash proof radar in front of it which if you if you have it aiming straight at a wall or some type of object where it's going to crash it will actually stop like that's way pretty ahead, nifty yeah way ahead of time it's kind of like my acura like my acura will well my model is not the not that model it does but the higher end acura will actually break for you if, you, if it senses you're going to crash Oh, it's got right. some radar in it. Right. Uh, my model just warns you that you're going to crash and then you crash.
0: Yeah, my <laughs> my, my car does does, yeah. does that too. And it just makes this horrible noise and, and and just to get off the subject a little bit, I hate it when it's in traffic because it always does it <laughs> it's when it's always in beeping. traffic. I hate that. I I I wish I could disable it, but Yeah, it gets And I think you can, but eh, I mean, I I understand. It's a it's a good little, you know, my car's just looking out for me. Anyway, go on. <laughs> go on.
1: Yeah, so, and then also, it has radar, so it has a way of flying inside, and also... Inside a, where? like Inside ins- a building, like, where it doesn't have contact with GPS. Okay. So, if you want to have a... So, say you're inside a large-ish, or even maybe not too large-ish room, mm-hmm. um, you could use it as a, like, a jib, and Ooh, nice. fly around, and, and do stuff inside. Oh, nice. Um, And... It it does it has radar so that it can kind of detect how, how far it is away from the walls and the ground. Oh nice. And and kind of relate its position. There's some kind of computer in this says, okay, I'm in a room, here's the position, I know that I'm here and I'm gonna go here. So it has enough brains to do that. So um so that's pretty cool. So you mm. can use it inside. That, yeah. Actually I think the previous model had that too. And um and so you have all this kind of smarts in it that are mm-hmm. pretty fairly sophisticated now. And maybe with firmware getting even better, you know, if there's little bugs in it, you know, a couple of people crash and they find bugs or whatever and update the firmware. So, um, yeah, it just seems like it's arrived. Like like drones have arrived
0: with this. And it's not that expensive. It's like, I think it was like $1,200. bucks. you are right. That's not very expensive at all. Yeah. No, I'm being facetious because that's a lot of dough. For, <laughs> oh, really? for, okay. Yeah, I mean, for, for, for me. But for, for a lot of folks out there, I know that, you know, and I think a lot are just like you, Keith, where you know filmmakers are looking for that type of thing, and it has all these great features. It might be worth it. It
1: might be worth it. Now, the only thing that I'm a little concerned with is that it's, it's, it's the the professional filmmakers that are using this thing to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, the law is still kind of amorphous. It's, it's not very well defined.
0: And when you say that the law, does that does that mean like the ability to fly it without a license or something like that, or 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 where you can fly this thing or what?
1: Well, actually, DJI has been pretty pretty good about keeping it from flying in restricted areas. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to let you fly inside of a national park. Okay, I'm not sure about state parks, but national parks, it won't let you fly. Mm-hmm. Um, it won't let you fly close to an airport. Like within five miles of an airport. Oh
0: wow! Okay. So
1: I'm pretty close to the airport here, so I'm not sure if it'll take off or not. We'll see. That'll be interesting. Like mm. darn, I got this thing. I can't even fly it in my house. Oh, but so
0: so it, the software is such where it knows where it is, and yes. it won't, and it won't get off the ground, or maybe even well, will it even start for you or what? I don't think it'll even.
1: It, it may start and activate, but it may not turn up. It might turn on the propellers. Yeah. yeah. I'll have to see. It'll be kind of fun to just take it closer and closer to an airport Sure. what happens. But yeah. I hear that if you start flying into that space, it'll just drop. Like it'll just deactivate and drop and mm-hmm. drop on you know an, an FAA official because right. they're right at the border of the airport or something. Right. But <laughs> right. <laughs> but um so the all the law so DJI makes it a little easier to not break the law, mm-hmm. but um but still the law about making money on drones is. It's kind of weird, but it seems like it's undefined. Like there've been a couple cases where people that were making money have been prosecuted, but then they've also gotten they've gotten uh, they've won their cases. So so for now, I'm just gonna use it for nonprofit stuff where I'm not actually making money on it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like I'm not gonna charge you know okay for the drone shot. It's an extra five thousand dollars. You right. know, I'm not gonna do that. Right, yeah. right. So y- y-
0: y- you'll uh, I guess you'll just use it at your own discretion.
1: I guess so. For now, I'm just going to try to just play around with it.
0: <laughs> even, though, even though one of your clients, oh, darn it, I wish I could have the, the flyover thing. Nope, sorry, I just don't feel like doing that today. <laughs> can't do it. Yep, can't do it. Sorry, FAA uh, rules and regs here. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So,
1: I, I think, yeah, that's it's a little... Undivided. There actually is a new um, FAA registration database, though. And so, I may actually register it because you're supposed to, legally. And um, it's like five dollars per person or per drone or something like that. So it's mm-hmm. pretty inexpensive. They had a free version of it before, but I I missed that window. Like like it was like the introductory period. Right. Um, like if you're willing to deal with a crashy, terrible website, you could do it for free. Right. And and register your your drone. And now you can pay five dollars to deal with a crashy, <laughs> unusable <laughs> website. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Good. So, yeah, Yeah.
1: so that's 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 great. Hey, I
0: I, I am actually uh, uh, I I will tell you this. I'm no longer interested in the in in the one. (laughs) So thank you very much. Uh, But I am very much interested in hearing about uh, and seeing some of the results uh, you get from the Phantom four. Okay, so uh, that'll be exciting when that'll be exciting. I'll I'll
1: probably start using it in a week or two for my UCSF project. I'm gonna try to film the campus and and uh, do some really neat shots of the buildings and and uh, maybe some maybe even some interiors. I don't know because there's some really large lobbies, and it'd be kind of amazing to. That'd be fun. Yeah, try it in there maybe after hours. There's no big people.
0: Right. Right. Oh, good. Maybe I think
1: what I'll do is I'll control it. I'll I'll be having. Having my little uh, controller remote uh, with the error with the light bridge on my hoverboard <laughs> while I'm flying the Phantom Four in inside
0: that lobby. would be and you know what would be so great is that like all the signals will get crossed <laughs> and you actually start flying and the DJI just kind of hovers along the the, the floor that would be that would be incredible I, I I hope the 4K camera really captures that because that would be tremendous. <laughs> we see we see Keith with like his teeth like all over the floor or something like that, just because the, these paths wait, crossed wait.
1: in such a way. I think I think we've I think we've uh created a new superhero origin story.
0: <laughs> like hover hover
1: hoverboy. Hoverboy hover, Phantom Hoverboy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, very good. And his superpowers are trying to jury rig these electronics together. (laughs) Holy mackerel! Well, good luck with that. I I mean, like, you you know, if uh, campus security doesn't come and get you, I'll I'll be sure to do that. Um. Okay. Hey. Th- so that's the DJI uh, Phantom Four that uh, Keith has gotten, but not yet mm-hmm. opened. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to another uh, new thing that you uh, received. Um, oh wait, I, I want to. Before we go on to this, I did open the it's Phantom Four, and
1: the only thing that I experienced was for some reason I had it charged charging, and the remote was charging, and the the charging is really cool. It's got a a charging block and then there's two things one goes into the remote controller and the other one goes into a battery and the and the, and the port that goes into a battery is like a multi pin connector and it reverses and goes back and forth so that's cool so it's kind of like a lightning port you can put it oh, in either way right. um but the other day for some reason um i think my mom might have actually my mom was staying with me for a day or two and she might have actually like pressed the power button or something on the f- on the remote yes because i was downstairs in my office doing some editing and i heard some beeping upstairs and I thought maybe it's my hard drive overheating or something in my closet, but it wasn't. I kept going and found the sound and said, I don't know what I did. I'm sorry. And, and I said, well, that's okay. I don't think you did anything. And it just wouldn't stop beeping, the, the remote. <laughs> and, then, and then I pressed, and there's a power button. It's like a lit, you know, with the international power on-off si- signal yes. symbol. And, yes. and I pressed it and nothing happened. It, it kind of like beeped again and then it, would, it stopped. Uh, but then it started beeping again and so so it's like how do you turn this thing off right you know like hold it press it hold it what do you do i mean (laughs) press it quickly press it slowly how do you so anyway it it, somehow it turned off on its own but then like 15 minutes later it started beeping again (laughs) on its own (laughs) i unplugged it from the charger it still beeped so finally when i had time uh i went up and i and i searched for it and it's it's kind of an interest, and I guess they do this on purpose so you don't turn it off by accident, but mm-hmm. uh, you just click it quick and then you hold, click and hold, and that's what turns it off. Ah. So if you don't do that, you'll have this beeping, annoying thing in your living room forever. Ah. Uh-huh. So.
0: That's excellent.
1: <laughs> uh, 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 How long does it take to charge? It seemed like it was like half charged when I got it. So, and it seemed like it only took a couple hours uh, to charge everything. But I think, I think what I've read is that it charges in about half an hour to an hour per battery. Mm. So, which is pretty cool. So it's almost real time. So I was kind of thinking if I was going to be out in the field, I'd bring like an inverter battery thing Mm -hmm. with me if if I could carry it all. And that, you know, you know, those things are not that big anymore. They used to be gigantic. Yeah. It's. But they're, like, for starting devices or for um, just powering AC devices. Right. Um, I think I'd bring one of those with me. And then so while I'm flying, I could charge the depleted battery. And maybe by the time I get back and set everything up, the depleted one would be charging. I got two batteries as well. So I got an extra battery when I ordered the thing. Mm -hmm. And then I also got extra propellers because of those things that always get broken.
0: Oh, right. Yeah.
1: So... Mm -hmm. Anyway, oh, yeah, and one more th- I'm sorry, but there's one more thing that's really cool about the Fennel, which I didn't tell you. The, putting on the propellers is really easy. They're just, you push and twist. You don't have to, like, unbolt them or screw oh, anything in.
0: Oh, you don't have to screw anything in. Oh, no. interesting. Yeah, mm. so
1: that's another great feature when you, and so you can transport it pretty easily in this, and the the, the, the the package that comes in is actually almost like a really nice case. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like one of those um, styrofoam cases that you buy for, you know, those ice chests. Oh right, but it's, but it's made out of I think a little bit better foam, and it's all form fitted, and it's like a suitcase, not that big, and so you can just kind of take it apart and put all the parts in, and it fits well, but it doesn't take up too much space, and it's so it's a really good carrying case with a handle and everything, so that's a kind of a bonus as well. That's so anyway, pretty good. That's my little aside. Sorry, I just remembered these things when I was when you were outroing. Oh good, thanks. That's, yeah, sorry about that. Didn't mean step right. on your outro. You can outro
0: again. Uh no, that's fine. No, I I, I, I I because actually there's still a couple of more things we need to talk about. Uh yeah, we do. Uh, and and uh so again, that's the DJI Phantom 4 uh that Keith has yet to use and here's another fantastic product that he has yet to use. Uh the Keem TV. Uh I believe Keith that this is a um uh, what do you call that thing? A um, gimbal? Gimbal? Yes. <laughs> Escaped me. It's okay. Sorry. Sorry about that. But uh, yeah. So uh, it, it's it's a it's a new gimbal. Uh, one that has been uh very well received uh as of late. Yes. Uh, it is uh hot on everybody's uh radar, including mm-hmm. my own. Oh, right. um, Okay. You all. Know, well, I mean, but it for, for me it seems a little bit on the bigger side uh, yes. uh, of of things i think that uh the came tv and correct me if i'm wrong this is uh for you know uh i it should be able to hold i'm going to guess what 4 to 5 pounds worth of equipment or something like that on this thing i think
1: uh, i think it might be pushing it at 5 but it's it's been i think people have pushed it and gotten larger setups than it it's yes. rated for
0: Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So go ahead and 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 tell us a little bit about the Came TV. Oh well, the t- Came TV single. It's called
1: the single because it's kind of meant to have one handle below it. It's like a pistol grip gimbal, mm-hmm. which in my opinion is is so much better than the two handle ones for a variety of reasons. Um, the, I, I have a two handle one, and it's okay, but it's just everything is bigger and 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 farther out because in order to hold the two hands, you kind of have to hold them out from your body. Mm-hmm. So those become a little more, like actually more tiring because just the, the the weight's farther from your body, so it's basically heavier because of because of leverage. So <clears throat> so that's one thing, and then they just take up more space. Okay. So um, and <clears throat> and also they're harder to mount on a on a some type of stabilizer that you might have on your body. You know, like I have a steady stick, and I, I mount my Nebula on it all the time. I just put a has a quarter 20 on the bottom and I just screw that into my my steady stick mod thing and it's great because I've I can rest when I want to. I'm not mm-hmm. supporting the whole weight. Doing that with the two-handled gimbal would be a little more challenging. So that's why I chose the single for that reason. Um why I chose the came TV single, single is because it um has a feature on the motors and electronics called encoders. Right. And and I'm not really sure what that means, you know, electronically, but it basically means that the motor has more uh strength where it needs it. Um so it's much more forgiving to weight and imbalances. So like if you're And, if and you, does
0: it correct it on the fly type yeah. of thing? Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, so it just mm-hmm. powers through the mm-hmm. powers through the imbalances and and still gives you a steady Thing, whereas some of the earlier gimbals, the motors were kind of weak and not too smart, right? Um, and you, they would have to be pretty perfectly balanced before they would function properly, or they just go haywire. Mm. Um, this one, supposedly, uh, you can be a little off, or even quite a bit off, and it's still just stay steady. So that, to me, that would save time. You know, like like say you're say you added a little extra filter or something onto your onto your lens or something extra on side, right? It it would make up for that without having to readjust and rebalance everything
0: yeah that's pretty important because any any little change in some of the you know m- shall we say more dumb ones uh, you know you're gonna have to recalibrate manually all over again yeah and I just don't have time to just spend days getting the
1: perfect setting right for these things and also if I want to change lenses or whatever I don't want to have to redo that all the time right so um, another thing it's got um, more adjustability Um. And in fact, let me let's just pause a minute because I'm just gonna get it out so I can look at it and tell you. Okay.
0: Well, I'm not pausing. I'm no. Yeah. Just. Just.
1: Yeah. I'll be. I'll be right back. Yep. It's in the other room. I'm back. It's retrieved it from its safety place in the other room. Excellent. Safely stored. Very. <laughs> and it's so it, so it's um yeah so it's it actually comes in a pretty nice case like a plastic almost like a pelican case right uh, yeah. a,
0: a, a hard case right like a yeah. hard
1: travel case type yeah. of thing I saw it I, yeah yeah it's it's th- these cases are good in a way because it's kind of nice to store it in this, you definitely won't, you know, if you, if you, if it drops, or if you have it stacked on something, it drops off your desk. Mm -hmm. Like things seem to happen in my office. Right. Um, It won't won't get hurt, but it's kind of heavy, the case. Right. Just because it's so plastic. Anyway, I'm going to open it up. And I guess this is kind of like an unboxing in a way. Um. So what you've got is you've got the handle separated and, the handle actually has the battery in it as well. And the battery is not changeable. So it's just built into the handle. And you it has a little power port on it to charge it. And I charged it up when I first got it and then put it back in this case, and it hasn't come out since. <laughs> <But> <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, um, and so the body, and I think I just charged the handle. I don't even think I put it together. So maybe I could actually try to assemble the two things, the, the body and the, the handle.
0: So, and it probably still has some power to it. So let me see. Well, in the the case is is a is it's like a hard formed case, right? With uh with plenty of uh, padding and a uh, and a and a lot of uh uh, uh yeah, o- o- almost like you're buying a, a a really great power drill. Yep, it's like that. It's got
1: foam on the inside. Yeah, soft foam on the inside, and yeah. um, it's form fitted and. You know, if you transport it in this, nothing will happen to it. Right. I don't right. think. I don't think I would transport it in this, but if it's, I did, uh, it's
0: not really portable, though.
1: Correct. Um. Not. Not. Uh, I mean, you could put it inside. I mean, you could. You could. You could check this. It's right. Teeny, it's teeny. Sure. I mean, it's like sure. half the size, less than half the size of a check, uh, like a carry-on bag.
0: Would you rather? Uh, 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 would you rather, I know that if, if I had one of those, it'd be more like putting it in my camera bag. So I wouldn't have to carry another, you know, box of stuff. Yes. Uh, it could, uh, could that work? Could, could you, could you, with this thing disassembled, could you, uh, stick it into a, you know, into a smaller bag or something like that? Or is that just not recommended because it's delicate?
1: No, I would definitely do that. If I were to travel with it, mm-hmm. I would just take the two parts, pieces apart and just put them into my bag, mm-hmm. into my, my carry-on bag with my camera stuff. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's what I'm going to do when I travel. Okay. Um, if I am local, um, just putting it, you know, driving somewhere, I'll just put it into one of my little compartments in my big bag, my big camera bag, right, um, which has plenty of different little slots for that. Yeah, so it's, 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 it's pretty, I mean, it can flatten out pretty pretty small. Okay. So it's, it's not, um, it's not too unwieldy. You know, it's about the size of, like, one of them. One piece is the size of a DSLR, and the handle part is, is kind of like the size of maybe a, an un- unlensed, um, uh, E7 or something like that. Oh, so, okay. So it's not it's not too unwieldy. Uh huh. Uh huh. So I just. Okay, so really I've just actually put the handle on the gimbal for the, the motorized gimbal part for the very first time.
0: Oh, oh excellent.
1: Yeah. And it just kind of has like a bayonet mount. And somehow I got it to stick. So <laughs> hopefully, hopefully hopefully it's actually assembled properly <laughs> right. before I turn the power. Make sure you on, put on the I,
0: most expensive camera that you can on there.
1: Well, I don't think I'll mount a camera yet, but no, I'm just maybe. gonna turn it on and see what happens. So let's see. I'm holding on the power. Right. Oh. Did you hear that? Yeah, I oh, sure did. Yeah. Oh, my. And it sounds like a razor. Oh, my. Because there's no camera on it. Wow. Now I just turned it off. Woo! Turn it off. Ooh, Gee That was whiz. scary. That was, that was scary. That was frightening. Yeah, but I... Well, I was going to shave, but now I don't need to.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, that's... That, that. <laughs> that that or really knocked out that carpal tunnel that you'd been getting. a great great little massage tool there fantastic yeah so I don't, I don't know I think
1: I need to put some weight on it and maybe read the manual but um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> although I
1: probably won't be able to read the manual you know what would
0: be great is that if that really wasn't the way it's supposed to sound you send immediately back to the <laughs> factory <laughs> we're recalling
1: now everybody that's great um yeah great. so it's 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 definitely bigger than neb- the nebula the whole the whole height of the thing is probably another four four or five inches higher than the the nebula oh okay so, yeah so it's definitely bigger but, yeah, r- um, right
0: right 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 right
1: but it's really it, to me it's very very well made everything yeah. looks machined yeah really well um the thing that's kind of cool is it's got it's got um it's got little dials for the balancing uh at least on the um on the on the two axes, the axis that's the the uh, tilting axis uh-huh. the one that tilts it up and down, and then also the panning uh the panning axis okay the, the one that's attached to the handle right there's there's an, um two dials there actually is this a dial or a clamp on the on the panning one let me see I know there's other terms for like tilt and yaw and roll and stuff yeah okay, so this one isn't it's not like um on the panning. Uh, axis, it's it's just a like a a lever that you un untighten, just a, like a quick lever, and then you can sl- slightly move it back and forth. So that's how you do that. But then the other on the on the uh, on the tilt axis, you can actually there's a screw to just uh, variably adjust it with just screwing it up and down. Nice. Yeah, <clears throat> and then <clears throat> on where you actually slide the camera on, it's got a a sliding sled. And on the bottom of that is another thing that you can just uh untighten and and tighten to slide it back and forth. So so it's 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 much easier to to quickly adjust um than than for example the nebula, which may be yours in the in near future. <laughs> right. I didn't un- I didn't unsell the nebula yet.
0: Right, right, I'm, right. I'm no. I'm
1: not gonna do that.
0: I, I, I appreciate <laughs> that. That that uh, I appreciate that because uh uh I, I, I think I would like to at least, in my mind, enjoy it for at least two seconds. I think that I think that would be good. That would that would be excellent. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, in comparison, because you know, Nebula came out, and that was kind of like the de facto leader, right? Yes, and for a little while. Mm-hmm. For, for a little while, and then, of course, you know, new guys come along and stuff like that, like uh, uh like the Came TV and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, in your, it, is it because the Kame TV can can do all these different profiles and stuff like that? It, is that what draws you a little bit more to it? Is it the weight handling? Uh, you know what is it? I, I think it's
1: just that it's a little more versatile with different camera setups. Mm-hmm. Um, like for example, with the Nebula, for me, the Nebula was always great with just this. Very standard GH4 rig that I always put on it, uh-huh. which is the the 12 to 35 and just the camera itself. Right. It was just perfectly balanced for that combo. Like it worked flawlessly. Um, but if I wanted to, um, you know, put a different lens on it or a different system, I would have to rebalance it. Right.
0: And N- Not el- that you couldn't do it with the Nebula. It's just that it would take in time to reset it and all this yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and and it actually was semi forgiving. It wasn't like you'd have to have it perfect, perfect, perfect. It was mm-hmm. still a little bit forgiving okay. with a lighter weight setup. Sure. Um, a a thing that was a little annoying with the neb- Nebula was the the thing that attaches the camera to the sled. That part of it was a little kludgy. It wasn't as precise as I'd like it. Okay. It's basically just a a, a quarter twenty mm-hmm. knob that you stick through the bottom of the plate on mm-hmm. the sled. Hmm. And it's not like a slide-in thing. So my last, my last um, kind of DIY thing was to try to make a sled for that, and I didn't get it. I think I, I think I could get it to work if I, if I went to the computer program to redo the, the uh, balancing. Right. Because you can actually use computer, uh, software to re-adjust all the motors and strengths and things like that. Yes. And I just didn't have the couple hours to do it. Okay. So right. it's yeah.
0: But so it's probably we'll, like a one-time deal. You do it, and then and then and then it would probably work. I think so, especially if you're using the
1: same setup. Right. So if I were you, you know, if you were interested, oh, this is all kind of. Or there's this backstory between this nebula and right and and I says I'm I'm lending Rodney my nebula, yes. in the hopes that he'll he will lo- love it and buy it right for five dollars.
0: Yes, so a- a- so we'll and, see. And uh, you know, as everyone knows. My world-famous GH13, uh, which I will never give up, uh, no no matter what new uh, items Panasonic will come out with, um, I'm old school that way, and yeah. I refuse to let go of, of cameras that are at least 20, 30 years old. So, uh, Anyway, so yeah, so I'm interested in the Nebula, and yeah. Keith, of course, has moved on yeah, so uh, I'm I'm
1: carefully describing the superiority of this. Yes, um, this uh, and the thing is that this unit is not that much more than the nebula cost new. Right. I think the nebula cost me like eight hundred new. Wow. And I think this cost me a thousand new. Okay. So it's not a huge difference. Right. Right. So, uh,
0: they all seem to be in that range, aren't yeah. you know? Aren't they? They're they're all all these uh, you know all these gimbals are in that eight to to twelve hundred dollar range it seems like for for the singles when you start getting into the yes. bigger
1: ones yes. like the movies and and not the movies but like the dji the movies like super overpriced in my opinion okay. that was like the first one that was two or three years ago mm-hmm. um, since then the dji mini has come out mm-hmm. and that's like the de facto standard now for the handled the two handled gimbal those are still up there fifteen or more maybe wow um, they're apparently really really good. And and I have never tried it, but people like them a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the original DJI was big, too big and heavy for most people. So it's it's better for larger camera setups, like really pro camcorders, you know, like F5s and things like that. Uh uh-huh. But um, but the, but I'm I probably wouldn't f- if I probably would choose to to fly a a super heavy camcorder. It just doesn't make that much sense. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um particularly when you get so such good quality with these these mirrorless cameras you know like i will probably just fly my a7s on here right i wouldn't wouldn't i wouldn't, wouldn't choose to fly my bigger cameras you know like the fs i might i probably wouldn't choose to f- fly my fs5
0: i wonder if you could even hold something like that frankly
1: you mean like just weight wise yeah well the fs5 is pretty light so yeah but but still just the bulk and mm-hmm. and kind of length of it i don't know if it would fit on this or not right maybe barely yeah, um, some you know a lot of people will do this if they have a camera that's kind of longish. They'll actually add weights to the back of it to get the balance to be right. Okay. Because when a camera is long, the back end will hit the back of the gimbal, mm-hmm. and it, you just can't. You just the, the gimbals aren't large enough to to have a enough space in the back. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's why people usually put these mirrorless or DSLRs on because the back is pretty shallow. They mm-hmm. don't stick the the center of gravity doesn't go far forward that much pretty centered on the body right there's not but not much behind the center of gravity whereas on the camcorders like the fs7 fs5 the center of gravity is way forward because you got a heavy lens on the front and the the body itself is pretty big and 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 so it's a lot harder to fly those you have to have much bigger gimbals, or if you use a smaller gimbal you put weight on the back end like physically put some weights back there right you know like like on one of the like on the on the plate or something, you actually have to put some weights on the back. Sure, just down. to
0: offshoot and stuff like that. Yeah,
1: yeah, to offset the front mm-hmm. weight. Yeah. So anyway, um, and then everything starts getting heavier and heavier. <laughs> you know. Yeah
0: definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So
1: I'm I'm eager to try this. I just haven't had a moment to really try it out, but I will very soon, and I'm looking forward to it.
0: Great. The, so yeah. that's the Keem TV single. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have one more thing that we want to talk about. And oh yeah. You, and you don't actually have this is that correct you don't you don't actually have this particular item that we're going to talk about we're just going to talk about your uh how you actually unsold yourself to it is that correct i kind of i kind of well so here's the thing i have all these cameras that i'm
1: probably going to sell pretty soon okay like like i have my trusty c100 which is an awesome camera and it's got the if anyone wants to buy it let me know but i've got the I've got the the auto dual pixel autofocus upgrade, which mm-hmm. makes it a joy to use in documentaries because it's just the focusing is spot on quick. If you're if you center the the subject, uh, you can just focus immediately. And you know that's I think I paid sixish for that, and I think it's probably worth about three to four mm-hmm. with that upgrade. And then I've got, um, geez, I've got a bunch of stuff. The old A7 to sell. I've got uh, my EX-1 to sell, my trusty old EX-1 that I got in 2008, I think. Mm-hmm. And that's that's still going strong. That's an amazing HD camcorder with a very good image still. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's big, and I don't need it because I got my FS-5. Right. And then I have... Um, what else do I... Have? Oh, my FS-700 I think I'm going to sell as well. And I might sell that along with the one Odyssey. So I've got oh, a whole... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I don't... I. I kind of got the got the Odyssey go along with the FS700, and now right. it's a little bit redundant. Yeah. Um, but there you've got an amazing 4K, still relevant system. If mm-hmm. you if you combine those two things, the FS700 and the Odyssey, you get a 4K RAW system, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, and all that stuff probably ten to fifteen thousand dollars if you add it all up mm-hmm. to sell. So, and I was just thinking, I could get a a Blackmagic 4.6 Mini. Four point six K mini,
0: which is the Ursa, is it called yeah, the Ursa? It's,
1: yeah, it's the Ursa mini, and they have two models. the mo- The four K model has been out for a while, and it's really the four K model is just a smaller version of the Ursa production camera. Okay, and the Ursa, it, its claim to fame is that it's gigantic and and really heavy, um, and it's four K, but it's not. Other than that, it's not that great. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> like, it's apparently people aren't super enamored of the 4k image. So it's, I think it's the same sensor on the mini, but, and, but there's some good things about it. It's got th- something called a global shutter, which I think is really attractive, particularly if you're like doing car mounts and things like that, where you need to have a uh, global shutter where you don't get jello mm-hmm. from the rolling shutter. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, might get it just for that. Okay. Um, so, so I was thinking the 4.6k mini was, was going to have global shutter. So that, and then also this 4.6 kind of ProRes or RAW workflow, you know, you just put um, you put CFast two cards in it to store, and that's like the ultimate high dynamic range, great codec, um, you know, cinema camera, really. Sure, sure. And and that's like the highest end you could possibly get because it's got even larger sensor than normal. It's almost like red level sensor density. Um, it's got super dynamic range because it's a brand new sensor. It's got global shutter, so you can do kind of mounts and other things that that eliminate the the rolling shutter stuff. And and it's fairly small, and it's a really good deal, like five thousand dollars or around there. Mm-hmm. You know, for all that's pretty amazing. Sure. Um, and then, but the but this is the camera that at last NAB we actually covered. Okay. <laughs> so so. Remember when when I asked one of the uh, the reps at at Black Magic? So yes. when's this coming out? Right. <laughs> and this is it. It hasn't even come out yet. and It's the next NAB. <laughs> <laughs> what
0: was but, their response? Uh, I don't remember their response. Th- the response was July. Was July two mo- two of uh, of last okay. year. Of
1: last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, and then I kind of uh, we kind of they both. Both uh, reps kind of looked at each other when they said that Right. Like, like, like there's no way no. <laughs> <laughs> but i didn 't press them on it, sure. I might go up to them and replay it <laughs> and see what they
0: th- <laughs> they're, they're probably fired by now, <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but you and I even joked about that that was just a pipe dream, yeah but uh and they st- so but I think it like with this one they've really had a lot of issues. I think they just i think what happened was they spec these sensors with somebody that was making them and then they couldn't deliver the sensors with the specs that they had originally said they could like oh. they, they over their suppliers overpromised uh-huh i think and they were just relying on their suppliers to actually have come through with the truth yeah like this try to try
0: to actually correct it and get to that level
1: yeah yeah and and that's kind of it's kind of like happens when you buy vaporware yeah. you know if you buy promises <laughs> right. maybe you'll luck be lucky sometimes but usually you'll get burned right and and i think they got burned from their suppliers and then in turn all the people that were lusting after it got burned too cuz right. they don't even have a camera yet <laughs> um but <laughs> it, it, I, even, even though they put money down probably i, I think people did pre-order it and put really? money down wow. yeah yeah wow so okay and i'm going to tell you like a little something that's this is inside information for the tech move audience
0: oh great we love it, we we love <clears throat> breaking news insider news apparently
1: retailers like people that actually sell the black magic stuff. Okay. Really don't, they really don't like selling it. Um, like because, and the reason for that is like, they'll do it because everybody else is selling it and everybody wants them. Sure. But it's not, de- dealers don't, th- basically black magic doesn't take back any cameras. Oh, like if there something's defective, uh-huh. they won't take it back. So that once it's kind of like a one way sale, once they sell it to a, a dealer, that's it? Then yeah, that's it. They don't take returns. Really? Yeah. So the dealers have to eat it. So Whoa. if something's wrong with the camera and people are unsatisfied or whatever, or the uh-huh. camera breaks, the dealers have to do the replacing and, and the and the refunds or whatever.
0: Is that happens. right?
1: Yeah. So apparently a lot of dealers have lost money. I'm, I'm kind of amazed that dealers will even continue to carry their cameras. Exactly.
0: I mean, that's such a big risk.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So but I guess black magic has that power in the industry and people are Hmm. wanting it so much. Yeah. So I feel kind of bad for that, but, but, um, they are coming out with groundbreaking cameras. I mean, they've really pushed the, I feel like they've pushed the envelope on what's possible with high quality stuff for people that are kind of willing to put up with all the little problems and things like that or big problems. Right. Um, anyway, long story short, I'm disappointed because finally um, Blackmagic said, okay, we're going to come out with our Ursa Mini 4.6K, but it's not going to have global shutter. It's just not. Right. And that really soured my desire to get one. Yes. It, 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 the global shutter was, for me, a huge feature. Right. Yeah. So not, not that it was the only feature, but it was like the icing on the cake that made it make sense to me kind of like the GGI Phantom 4 made sense like everything was checked that was one of the big check boxes the global shutter was one of the big check boxes in this mini 4.6 and they took it out like at the last minute they said we can't We can't do it we don't have the tech we, we thought we did but we don't so they said if you want global shutter go for the 4.0 kind of not so great sensor mm-hmm. with not good dynamic range and other problems and if you want the great dynamic range and the f- the full resolution go for the 4.6 but we're not going to put that feature in
0: right so you got to do the you got to do one or the other and and giving up one or the other is pretty big
1: deal it is because in one hand, you get this not so great camcorder with global shutter it's probably better than most low end cameras and it's also not as expensive right. the 4.0 or you get this nice camera but without global shutter and without very uh, without ND it doesn't mm-hmm. have built-in ND those mm-hmm. are two Huge things. Yeah. Now we always, yeah, we always knew that it wouldn't have the built-in ND. That was from the beginning, which in my opinion is strange. Like if they put the built-in ND, they could have charged a lot more. I feel like it would have sold a lot more, but for some reason they didn't put it in. And you know, it's really weird is the, the president of black magic has this little video explaining why they couldn't put in, the new, the built-in ND filters. Mm-hmm. And his explanation doesn't make sense to me. It's like, <laughs> he's like saying, okay, well, look at this camera. Look at how small this fr- the, it is. There's no way we could fit a built-in ND into this camera. It just couldn't happen. But you look at other cameras that are even smaller, like the FS5 or even the FS7, which is about the same size as it. It has his built-in NDs. <laughs> so it's, it's not like a physical impossibility. You just have to do it. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> anyway. Oh, so, great. yeah. So now maybe I'll get it because still having a pretty nice cinema camera for that range, you know, more like red level image quality, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and reds don't have built-in NDs. Ari, Alexa's don't have in, built-in NDs. You know, that's kind of a given to the super high-end ones. But, um, still it would have just been a no-brainer and now now it's a compromise right yeah so that's yeah. My, kind of my disappointment
0: so uh so the chances of you getting the 4.6 uh, to me sounds pretty nil it's it's definitely not as high
1: as it once was uh-huh because maybe i would just get something else rather than that
0: and what's the price on that do you know off the top of your like head i think it's like
1: 55 it's pretty low Fifty-five hundred bucks? Yeah, I think so. Five or fifty-five huh. for, for the four yeah. I mean, yeah. still, still a pretty ge- great deal for what you're getting. Because you know, to get that level of uh, the codec, which mm-hmm. is basically ProRes built in mm-hmm. or RAW built in, and then all these features, and the a really, g- it doesn't come with an EVF, but you can buy a really nice EVF for like another twelve or thirteen. You're still getting a lot, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I don't know. And then with all the issues that. That Blackmagic cameras always have.
0: Yeah. So seems seems kind of like a a a big uh, crapshoot. You're going to be uh, doing. Yeah. There. Exactly.
1: It's 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 one gone from no brainer purchase to,
0: eh. Yeah. To to <laughs> let me let me slam on the brakes here for just a minute. Yeah. Yeah. So well, that's that. maybe ah, that's the, too bad.
1: And I, I guess I'm going to wait for NAB 2016 and see what new great stuff is out.
0: Great. Yeah, yeah, great. Well, hey, uh that's a perfect transition Keith. Uh we are going to talk NAB 2016. Uh but first, I think we should uh take a break. We mm-hmm. should reset the uh old tape machines here. <laughs> uh because uh my cassette recorder is uh just about uh You know, just about to you know auto reverse on me here. Mm -hmm. So let's take a break and let's come back and let's talk about uh, NAB 2016. Okay, Uh, we will do that uh, in just a moment, folks. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more of Rod and Keith right here on Tech. We're back here on Tech Move. It's Rod Louis and Keith Moreau, and we want to get a kind of like a little preview of what is happening for this year, which is 2016, uh, the NAB show Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. going to be happening this year. Uh, Keith, you are going to be uh, heading to Vegas uh, for NAB 2016, representing the powerful, mighty uh, powerhouse of tech move. Yes. And uh, we want to kind of touch on things that we think are rumored, things that we're expecting, and the like, so that Keith will have a very busy time uh, (laughs) while he's at NAB and gathering much uh, information and hopefully uh, some... um, off the cuff interviews, yes. Uh, yes. Keith, what 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 are you kind of expecting? Uh, I kind of know what I'm expecting, mm-hmm. but uh, w- which, honestly, if I'm being honest with you, not a whole lot. <laughs> I I don't know. I you know nothing's really. You know, I I I check a lot of news sources, you know, daily and stuff like that. About was a lot of a lot of a lot of updates. Nothing yep. nothing really. Uh, expected here, Keith. Go go ahead. Tell tell me what you think.
1: Well, you know, it seems like last year there were a lot of pretty pretty groundbreaking announcements for various things. Um, oh, at least things that I was interested in.
0: Yes, which is what uh, everyone should be interested.
1: in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we had the we had the well vaporware. Some of them were vaporware, yeah. such as <laughs> right. such as the. Uh, <laughs> black magic <laughs> announcements which right. we just talked about <laughs> right. um although i think they did come up with a, like the the little micros and things and those are actually out which is good um and then we had the canon c 300 mark ii which was kind of it was i i felt like it was really cool great camera but it's also really expensive for what it does yeah in, in this new market yep. i mean i think they just they had their price set from f- three years ago and then the FS7 came out. The Sony FS7, they kind of dropped the price to half of what you would expect for that kind of camera. Yeah. And so, um, I kind of feel like we're kind of between cycles now. Like, the stuff that came out isn't... It's it's not old enough to come out with a new version of it. Yeah. Like, another FS7. You're not going to come out with a new FS7. You're not going to come out with another C300 Mark II. You're not going to come out with another Blackmagic Ursa, because they, can't, they haven't <laughs> even come out with the last year's version.
0: And... <laughs> Watch all their calendars read 2015. That would be great. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen. We promised. Um,
1: You know, it, we haven't heard too many rumors uh, of amazing new things coming out. Yeah. Lot, lots of little updates for existing things that are nice, but not, not earth-shattering. Um, Yeah, so I think you're right. I mean, it's just... Like, I don't really even know what to look for. And maybe, maybe the first day of NAB, like on Saturday or Sunday or Monday, there's going to be tons of like the like the press room is going to be a buzz with with amazing groundbreaking stuff from yeah. from somebody. Yeah. But for now no, not much.
0: Yeah. I mean uh uh, uh there was something that came across my desk that uh, only because I uh, you know I'd grown up uh hearing about this camera, camera the the Hasselblad, right? Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Which is uh, what they're, they're expecting, this medium format thing with, uh, I think they're touting it, 100 megapixel sensor <laughs> and 4K raw video. And, it you know, it kind of looks like an iron. <laughs> you know, it, lo- it lo- looks like a clothes iron. But, you know, it's a hustle blot, though. Don't disrespect the name of Hustleblot, right?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Is that the big news that we're... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, uh I, I think I'm, it's f- I'm just for am sure.
1: Yeah, that one's just for the people that have all these old Hasselblad lenses right. that, that they want to use, you know, reuse on something. Right. I think.
0: I I mean, I, you know like uh, uh of course me being the Panasonic fanboy that I am, I haven't heard anything about a new GH uh which actually might be due for a new version. It, it, wouldn't that be true? I uh, hasn't GH4 been out for at least a year and a half or so?
1: It's actually been out a couple of years, almost to the day. Yeah, so yeah, I got uh, mine two years ago.
0: So aren't uh, so we're just about set for uh, for a uh, GH5 or something like that? I would assume, but you know, no, no, I, I, I don't see many feelers out there for anything.
1: If, if I were to bet, I would, I would, I would give you. I would give you uh, even odds that that the GH five will be announced.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: I'll just say, I'll, if you bet if you bet me a dollar, I will give you a dollar back.
0: Ah, so uh,
1: so you basically it's even. Yeah, like you won't make any money on that. I, I on won't my make bet. any
0: money be, be, because <laughs> the chances are are fairly decent that that they might announce something. Yeah. And,
1: okay. So now, now say let say they do. So let's just say that the 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 one that's ripe, the ripest new announcement is the GH five. Okay. So so you, Rod Louie, what what, what what do you, Rod Louie, want to see in the GH five? Uh,
0: I I I think what has to happen is um. You know, low-light performance is, you know, I don't know if we're ever going to see anything better out of of micro Mm -hmm. four-thirds. But they seem to make little improvements with with each one. Isn't that correct? Um, Image quality-wise, yes. And light sensitivity, yes. So, little bit. Little incremental things. I would like to see that ability uh, to... uh, uh, to do better in low light,
1: I think that that would just be that would make that camera, uh, uh that would just put that camera into another level. Because right now, I think the A sevens are eating, eating it alive.
0: That's absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And in and, and in order to stay competitive with Sony and the A seven products, you know, you you, you got to come up big with the with the low light because that's that's what it's all about right now. It
1: is. It is. And. Honestly, I, I don't know if the technology that Panasonic is using can compete. Um, it's just a it's just a matter of physics, really. Right. Right. Um, I mean they will get they can get better, but can they reach the full frame light gathering capabilities of the Sony? Not sure.
0: Fra- frankly, I don't think it it ever will. But you yeah. know what? But for a lot of people, because you know what in in the price range that the GH four is at. It's very attractive to a lot of people.
1: Oh yeah, it's an amazing deal. It's still an amazing deal. It's still just, still a great deal.
0: Yeah, still like a, I would re- still a great deal.
1: I would recommend it for for most you know people that are shooting want to shoot video and also good stills. Yeah, I would recommend it. It's a yeah. small smaller, very ergonomic. Love the ergonomics. Way better than the than the Sony's. Mm-hmm. Um, lightweight lenses are small. Um, doesn't have the 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 creamy shallow depth of field that the Sony's can get just because of the sensor size. Right. But other than that, there's good things about that. You can focus more easily. Um, it's better for like a run and gun situation because mm-hmm. the smaller sensors just have less have, have a longer depth of field. Um, you know, lots of great 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 qualities to it. If they can if they could keep the light sense if they could double the light sensitivity, that would be great. You know, one stop more. Right, of, of usable uh, sensitivity, and if they could kind of somehow get rid of the weird pattern grittiness that the image has, right, make it make the image a little bit more silky somehow. Um, that's that's the big. It's it's a little subtle, but everybody kind of describes it the same way. It's just a little bit grittier. Yeah, um, it's not like a necessarily like a pattern noise, which is really horrible. Pattern noise is just when you start getting looking into the blacks, you start seeing like blocks that are definable that aren't really random they're just like these lines that never go away um that's called pattern noise and the early like like i'd see that on my mark my 5d um my original 5d uh, mark ii Mm -hmm. um i'd shoot a lot in low light with that because it was so great at it at the time but if you you pixel peeped you could you could see this pattern noise like lines Mm -hmm. like lines of of blockiness right that that permeate in the image panasonic's not quite that bad but there's cert- certain kind of artifacting or something that's going on in the image
0: yeah I, I i would you know really like to see the ability of uh an iso range that would go above 1200 yeah yeah you know because anything for me above 1200 even from gh1 days is pretty much unusable yes you know, and yes. even at twelve hundred, I'm I'm probably I'm probably not passing the Keith Moreau eye test at that <laughs> point. Uh, but uh, you know, for me, twelve anything above that, forget it. You're done. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, so so I'd like to see you know I'd like to see that improvement. I would also like to see faster Panasonic lenses. Uh, even even faster. Even faster. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you, you were you were good enough to to share with me uh, a link. Uh, to the Panasonic uh, uh, Mm 2.8 prime lenses, the the, the zooms. Oh, the zooms, yeah, like the 12 to 35. The 12 to 35, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm 2.8. Beautiful lens. I mean, you know, some of the images that they get off there mixed with the GH4 look terrific, right? It just looks great. It's a great uh, uh, lens, does a lot of stuff, but still 2.8. And yep. even though you can get some great shots, wouldn't it be great to get a you know a 2.0 or or you know or better
1: yeah, so you want some you want some bigger, faster lenses
0: I'd li- like some new glass mm-hmm. you know and, and not have to rely on speed booster, not have to yeah. rely on you know on this crop framing stuff you know yeah um, I'd like to see something like that you know
1: so you'd, you'd like to see a uh, like a
0: 1.4 zoom. I mean that i i think that would be super expensive though
1: okay and, i think and that kinda, and probably big
0: it it'd probably be super expensive probably be big probably wouldn't be able to put it on my nebula yeah it'd probably be too much mm-hmm. your, uh, your nebula
1: you've already purchased it in your mind That's i've already sign. purchased it in my mind
0: <laughs> and uh uh but but you know because that you know that twelve to thirty five two point eight that they have i i think you'll because i know you have one mm hmm it's it's really the perfect match for 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 the Panasonic cameras
1: it is it's got the image stabilization and and it's small and it's really sharp
0: i i, I mean that that's where you pretty much want to be right r- yeah. r- right there mm-hmm. that, that that that's that's the whole system right there and uh you know if, if they had you know what what do you think i mean if if they came out with a faster lens would you be interested in that too
1: um, if I was a GH user, yes. Yeah. And then now I'm probably veering away from GH unless they come out with something new. Like I'm pretty, I'm okay with what I have now. Yeah. Um, I probably won't be getting too much more of the GH stuff unless they come out with something amazing. Right. Just cause I have two GH4s already and I've got speed boosters and adapters and yep. big lenses. And if I want to do a stationary su- shot and get super low light, I'll just put a speed booster onto a 1.4 prime and i'm pretty good in low light actually
0: <laughs> yeah I, I i think that 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 is a great great thing but like you said then you're wide right you're then you're, it's big yeah, yeah it's then big. Then, yeah. then you're really wide and you know and and that's fantastic that's terrific mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh but for for the shooting that i do you know um you know i would like to get faster lenses
1: yeah so maybe a 1.8 zoom
0: 1.8 zoom would be nice mm mm-hmm. mhm you know uh you know i I would think i would think of that um i think that would be good so and and, you know admittedly you know panasonic you know keeps putting out these cameras you know gh1234 all this kind of stuff but their lens uh inventory up until the 12 to 35 and then the what is it 35 to 200 that they have 100 is the kind of companion to that Uh right uh uh those are really the, the 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 only ones that have come out in the last yeah. few years. Yep, that's true. That's true. I think I think they may
1: have come out with some more oh, yeah. multi-purpose zoom, but nothing super pro. Yeah. Nothing
0: super pro. I mean, like yeah. you know, I I have that uh, I have that uh, was it uh, twenty-five millimeter one point seven prime lens that mm-hmm. they have. I have one of those. Great, you know it's fine. It's this little itty bitty thing, and you know that that'll you know it works great. But you know they're they're you know when when they came out with the two point eight, boy, boy, that was I I remember when you were pretty darn excited about that when they came out with that. Yes. So yeah, you know they 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 need to up their inventory a little bit more.
1: Yeah. So lenses, at least let's see some improved lenses at an AB twenty sixteen. Some yeah. some better, faster ones that. Maybe aren't too much bigger, but have better performance. So that's yep. faster performance. Yep. That'll that'll be great if they do. Um, what about bodies? What about features in the bodies? You talked about ISO, uh, getting the sensitivity better. Yeah. What else do you want to see in the bodies?
0: Uh, yeah. I I don't want the form factor to change very much. I think that, like you said, the the form factor of the thing is just right. Yeah. Uh, I I I I don't want too much. Uh, in the body to change uh you, it, it's already taken a step with the g h four away from what i'm used to in the g h one i know that that i know it's very different from from my camera uh but uh you know i i, I i've heard a couple of things that maybe they would like uh some improvement with four k and sixty p Mm-hmm. Uh because isn't 4K locked at 24p? Uh, I think it goes up to 30, and that's it. Okay, so yeah. maybe an improvement. 4K, you know, up to 60p or something like that, mm-hmm. or even better than that. Okay. Uh, slow-mo, same thing. Uh, You know, maybe d- being able to do slow-mo up to 120 mm-hmm. uh, frames per second. Mm-hmm. Okay thoughts what do you think good good ideas something that would be interesting to you um i, I know I, I i know you're hot on, on on all the a7 stuff but as far as a gh uh improvement it, you know would it get you thinking about it yeah um
1: d- definitely we can get rid of that um graininess in the image quality yeah um less gra- less graininess less artifacting um I would also love to have more dynamic range. Yeah. Um, right now, I feel like the dynamic range is lower than the A7s. Um, it just does. You know, I look at my images, and I try to push them, and there's just nothing there. Like, I have to be really, really well exposed. And then after a certain point in the highlights, it's just gone, things are just gone. Mm-hmm. And in the low lights, there's just too much noisiness. So I feel like, you know, dynamic range is really important. in the sensor and that i think that's something you can get in a smaller sensor it's not something that's just exclusive to the bigger ones like Mm -hmm. the sony's Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um i think uh i would love to see uh a higher bit depth internal codec like i'd like to see a 10-bit internal recording oh okay um although maybe it doesn't matter that much when your dynamic range isn't that great on the sensor, but I'd still like to see it because you can mm-hmm. still push push a little more out of it. You can do a ex- 10-bit external cur- recording, which is great. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's better than the A7s. Mm-hmm. Um, the A7s can only do 8-bit external recording, so they've got something up on the on the Sonys there. Um, I'd love to see a, a higher um, internal uh, color space. So right now we have 4.2.0, on the 4k mm-hmm. and I'd love to see at least 422 and maybe even more than that if, if it's even possible I don't think it is but that'd be great um, that just improves the gradability of it um, you know basically twice the color information mm-hmm. that it has now and uh, I uh, the one thing I think that's missing and I I think it's going to be a given in the GH5 is the stabilized sensor
0: ah that's right yes yeah. yes yeah. So th- 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 that 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 would be great. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Yeah. But if I
1: were to just like if I had to choose between stabilized sensor and a better sensor, mm-hmm. I'd choose a better sensor.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: Just because I think that's the one thing that's like the tipping point. Cause what you've got now is you've got this there's a whole new there's a new Sony that's out that's not that expensive. In fact, mm-hmm. I was gonna maybe even point you to it. Mm-hmm. It's the new Sony I think it's the A6300 but let me see. Uh I think it just came out. It's like yeah. I think it's the I think it just came out. And it's A63, like 63 I see it. Yeah.
0: It's small. Yeah, yeah like it's like a small. point
1: and shoot. It's it's a point and shoot size. It's not very expensive. Mm-hmm. Um it's got amazing autofocus. It's got a I think it's APS-C and I'm, I'm, I don't think it's full frame, but i mean if we look at the reviews on it it's got you know five star reviews and mm-hmm. it's like a thousand dollars um it's got um a tilt it's actually got a tilting l. c. d monitor it's kind of like a like a like a like a cheaper version of the a seven series like way cheaper like mm-hmm. two thousand dollars cheaper but with almost all the same features
0: is it interchangeable lens or is that a fixed yeah, lens it's an e mount lens e mount lens huh yeah
1: so yeah. I don't know if it's full frame or not uh, no it's APS-C so it's it's kind of the smaller it's like the old NEX mm-hmm. uh, like NEX 7s and stuff that size mm-hmm. but other than that you know so it's, it's kind of like hi- having a like a, just an APS-C version of, of the A7s but you know great low light great sensitivity great autofocus and like a thousand dollars this yeah. is like the GH4 killer in my opinion Oh, you this think is, so? This yeah, one this will. This one yeah. will hurt him. I feel like this is the Panasonic killer. Um, I mean, what, like, what more could you get in this for this price mm-hmm. point? Right. I mean, obviously you have to buy some kind of lenses and things for this, which will add up. Right. But for a body, I mean, it's like it's, it's less than a GH four is going for now, and has similar performance to it. Yep. So I mean there's limitations like the 30 minute video recording and other stuff like that. I don't know if it has 4K internal recording or not. But uh for for a kind of a hybrid that does do some yeah okay, it does internal 4K30. 30 mm-hmm. So that's great. Does full HD at 120p, full pixel readout. So yeah, it's got some great 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 qualities. And this chase came out this came out like a month ago. So this is like why would you even buy a GH four if you're considering it?
0: Yeah, that you know what, and that's why I have a feeling something's going to be announced at NAB. Yeah, from 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 Panasonic because I mean, you know, Sony is on a tear with every type of camera that they're throwing out there right now. Yeah, yep. And Panasonic's gotta, you know, if they don't want to get left behind. You know, they're right. gonna have to. They're gonna have to put something out pretty soon here. Oh, I
1: think we'll we'll see something in. Well, we'll be will be the first to report it,
0: and, and that's exciting for me. And I and I'd <laughs> like uh, you to uh, to to keep us all posted via the uh, via the tweets, via the websites, whatever uh, whatever other way we you you, you keep in contact with mm-hmm. us. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm excited for you. I'm excited that uh, that you're going to be going to NAB uh, again. Thanks, and Rodney. uh and representing us uh mm-hmm. tell everyone that uh, I said hello. <laughs> and uh if that doesn't get you thrown out of the building, I don't know what will. Uh but uh I I expect a full report uh from you Keith. Um will do. and uh I will be paying attention um half-heartedly as usual. <laughs> uh well g- fantastic. Have a wonderful time. Thank you, Rodney. Uh and uh, the next time we do another episode, we'll we'll most likely be on your return, and we can talk about all the great things and how you bought me a GH five <laughs> when they or or conked the representative over the head, and you took the uh, the working model from him. I'm uh, going to be bringing talks.
1: some um, wire cutters with good, me, so, good. so I can just cut those security cables. Excellent. And, yeah, stuff those GH fives. <laughs> Into my bag.
0: In, into your little duffel bag. <laughs> and that will be fantastic. Great, great. Well, good. Uh, you know, we are going to wrap up uh, this episode of Tech Move. Mm-hmm. But uh, as per usual, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we want to let you know of how you can find us, how you can help us, how you can support us uh, in various ways. Of course, we'd like you to always check us out. Uh, for our updates uh, on the web at our mm-hmm. website, which mm-hmm. is uh, www.techmovepodcast.com, mm-hmm. uh, you can also subscribe to us on iTunes and look for us under Tech Move. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a Facebook presence, Tech Move Podcast. We are on Twitter at Tech Move Podcast. Uh, you can also listen to us on Stitcher. Uh, just search stitcher tech move uh, is the word you want to put in there Mm -hmm. Uh, but more importantly and this is my favorite part is where i throw it to keith moreau about talking about how to support us and uh, how we can beg for money so keith (laughs) go ahead and uh, let them know how uh, the good folks out there in podcast land can help support the show
1: oh to support the show we we get a commission from amazon for anything you buy on amazon if you use this link it's really easy it's techmovepodcast.com dot com slash Amazon. That'll bring you directly to Amazon, but it'll have a little cookie in there that will track your purchases for that particular session and buy some big stuff. You know, buy some G H fives, buy some Ursa minis, buy, buy a whole bunch of stuff that isn't out yet and and right. will never will never be out. <laughs> and,
0: <laughs> and we'll get a cut of that. So we'll get a cut of that. Right. Right. That's that that's excellent. That's great. Good. Uh, well, uh, again, Keith, safe travels to you. Thank you, Rod. Uh, make sure you take uh, you know all the highest quality uh, recording equipment you can, like the uh, dictation machine.
1: I will be taking my Betamax <laughs> with, a, with a little sh- shoulder strap. Shoulder strap. Connected recorder. to the VHS Betamax recorder. Excellent. And my tube camera, my tube camcorder system. Very good. Weighs about thirty-five pounds. <laughs> right, it's Very a throwback. Good. Very good. It'll be the yeah. throwback NAB. And then I want you to,
0: say, <laughs> when you get to the floor of the NAB, you say, "Hey, I'm all about old school here, fellas. None of none of your digital crap over here." <laughs> and,
1: I'll, and I'll be put, whipping out my my high-intensity spotlight. You know, right. heat guns. <laughs> That'll be blinding people. I need the light. Sorry, guys.
0: I need the light.
1: You're going to have to put some neutral densities on your A7s there. I need the
0: light. (laughs) Can we turn on the floor lights here, please? I need a little fill. Terrific. Great. Okay, great. Well, uh, Keith, again, uh, let us know what happens with NAB. We'll we'll talk all about that on the next episode. Uh, But until that time, thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for giving us a listen. Please tell the neighbors, wake the kids, and uh, tell the rest of the family uh, to give us a listen. And uh, we will talk to you once we get back from NAB. For Keith Moreau... I am Rod Louie, and thank you again, ladies and gentlemen. You've been listening to Tech Move.